live from the Altitude 950 Studios. The Vic Lombardi Show starts now. I like Vic Lombardi. You go to Denver, very few Lombardis. You know, I guess we're naturals. I guess we're naturals in there, man. He's a man who likes wine. And I'll tell you something else. He knows more about sports in his toenail than you know in your family tree. Yes, sir. You hit it right on the head, man. Don't talk about my height. I have to keep it very professional, which uh, I will. But uh, you got a big crowd out there. It's uh, Vic Lombardi night. It's all entertainment. You know, it's all entertainment, man. You're listening to Dr. Vic Lombardi. It's not raining, but it's dark and it's cold. Welcome to fall. You got the Vic Lombardi show. Cold. It's cold. Do you like not remember what it's like to scrape ice off your window in the morning? It's mid-40s, man. To wear a parka. It's cold. Mittens, a stocking cap. It's chilly. It's not cold. I'm going to go with cold. That voice you hear. James Merrillat, you know him as Manchester. I am Will Peterson, HW, according to Vic. Vic on assignment this morning, but don't worry. He will be on this show plenty. I am arguing with you about the weather one minute into the show. I think that pretty well summarizes my mood today. Oof. I am raring to go. I don't even have Vic here to take the bullets. For this show. Ah, Vic will be on. He's definitely going to be on at 915, 930 for for our NFL picks uh, with the little degenerates who have a pretty commanding lead at this point. Uh, I'm guessing he calls at some point during the show. I would think so. He's uh, commuting to DIA from Golden. That's he's a, got it's uh, quite the commute. Tennessee, Georgia this weekend? Yeah, he's going with some college buddies out to an SEC game. We heard it in his hot take yesterday. He doesn't understand why he's not going to L.A. to watch CU and UCLA, see his daughter. Doesn't know why he's not going to Hawaii to watch Colorado State in Hawaii, but... You know what? He'll get that SEC experience. If you went to Hawaii, would you want to go to a football game? No, but if someone paid me to cover the football game and it was sure. a good excuse to go to Hawaii, then sure. That used to be his gig. He'd, he'd, he'd always pull that off with the Pro Bowl. At Channel 4. He'd have to go cover the Pro Bowl. Covered it. Real pretty, hard work. Pretty smart. So he couldn't pull that off with uh, CSU in Hawaii. I would, I'd have zero interest in going to that game. I'll be like, really? I'm going to go over to Aloha Stadium for this game? No, I think I'll stay at the Luau. (laughs) I'll pass on that. Welcome to the Vic Lombardi Show Friday morning. Huge, huge weekend in sports in the Mile High City. You've got the Rockies. Magic number still at two after Milwaukee beat Cincinnati yesterday. Uh, Essentially, there's six games that matter for the Rockies this weekend. Two of them need to go their way for them to get the playoff spot. Any combination of Rockies wins and Brewers losses that adds up to two means they are in. Cincinnati had ample opportunities to win that game yesterday. Bases loaded, one out, 3-3 game in the sixth, and they couldn't push another one across. Then in the bottom of the sixth, I think it was the sixth inning, Milwaukee gets a run to go up 4-3, and that's the way it finished. So uh, the Reds couldn't help out the Rockies. Is it problematic that the Cardinals are now eliminated? That's what happened last night. If you missed it, the Cubs rob the Cardinals to end their season. And to your point, the Cardinals now host the Brewers this weekend. We'll see what kind of lineups they trot out there because, again, they have nothing to play for. I know you're not into the rooting game. The rooting interest last night in a weird way would have been for St. Louis to win. Yeah, I mean, I I do think you're better off just have less teams chasing you. St. Louis is dead. Now you got one chasing you instead of two. 
Okay, they are. You know, you look at the pitching matchups tonight, and I don't know if this is a change for St. Louis or not. But starting for the Cardinals is Gant, who has a record of zero and zero. If they were still in it, is that their starter tonight? I don't know. I have no idea who that is. He's zero and zero. You generally don't start an zero and zero guy with the playoffs on the line. I wouldn't have thought so. So, but by the by the same token, the Rockies are playing a team that has nothing to play for. I would imagine the Dodgers are going to treat these games kind of like they do a spring training game. Pitcher goes three or four innings. Uh, everyday players starting lineup get a couple of at bats, and then it's you know see who's el- who else is on the bench. Well, and what I have to keep reminding folks, myself included. The Rockies control their own destiny, and they control it in a fairly manageable way. They don't have to sweep the Dodgers to guarantee a playoff spot. They just have to win a series at home to guarantee a playoff spot, no matter what happens in St. Louis. And if St. Louis can just take one, then you only have to win one of the three games. I mean, that magic number being two is huge. Well, and keep in mind, they have to win one game, or Milwaukee has to lose one game. To guarantee a 163rd game. This is another good point. Yes, if just one of the six goes their way, Milwaukee will be at Coors Field on Monday. That's not ideal, but no. at least you're not dead. You have to go 0 for 6 this weekend to not Correct. play a 163rd game. Correct. You have to get swept by the Dodgers, and Milwaukee has to sweep the Cardinals. And you don't deserve to be in if those things Correct. both happen. Correct. Because I'm, I'm driving in this morning, and, I, and I'm thinking, hey, next time I'm making this drive, and next time we're on the air... We're going to know how this weekend unfolds. The mm-hmm. whole the, the Rockies season is continuing or it's over. The only way we're sitting here on Monday morning and they're done is they get swept by the Dodgers and the Brewers sweep the Cardinals. That would be an epic collapse. That can you think of a collapse that would be worse than that? I mean, the Broncos starting, you know, eight and five seemingly every year in the Shanahan era at the end and not making the playoffs, but I don't know that I could come up with a collapse quite like that. Right. And again, you probably don't deserve to be in if that's the case. But they have led it since April 5th. So to lose it on the 29th, 30th, and October 1st would be just a brutal fate that I don't even want to consider because that would be rip your heart out type stuff. The only way they could fall out of it would be on the last day of the season. On a Sunday where they've gagged the first two games and Milwaukee's won the first two. And then that Sunday, they start thinking. That's another reason, and I said it the other day, you don't want to let this bleed till Sunday. You can't control that it gets done tonight. If you get help tonight, it can get done tonight if you win and they lose. But you can 100% control it gets done Saturday night. Let's not let this thing bleed to Sunday. I want Sunday to be Patty Barrels and Rymel Tapia and Alexei Amarista and Mike Talkman. Trot out that lineup Sunday because you're in the dance. I, I think tonight is the important one. Because tomorrow, and I know he probably won't go the distance or anything, but Clayton Kershaw's on the hill tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So tonight's the game you got to go get, and then you have zero chance of not at least playing on Monday right. if you win tonight. Go get tonight, and then I think a, a, a lot of the pressure is off. If you lose tonight and Milwaukee wins, and that's down to one, and you, you're facing Clayton Kershaw, even if it's just on paper that you're facing Clayton Kershaw because he's only going to pitch four innings or whatever. We don't know that. Right. I, I haven't heard Dave Roberts come out and say that necessarily unless I missed it. Um, I, think the, I think the pressure starts dialing up if you lose tonight. Well, and this is a team, and we've said it all year, they're, they're a little mentally fragile. They're an overthinking, boomer bust type team that has proven time and again this year they can either hit the crap out of the baseball or they can get shut out by a rando. And the last thing we need 
is them to lose tonight, Milwaukee to win, and that fragile psyche to show itself in the last 24 hours of the season. It'll be a packed house tonight. It's fireworks night. It's fan appreciation night. It's freezing right now, but apparently it's supposed to be nice tonight. Mm-hmm. Be a low of forty six tonight. That's not exactly baseball weather. Oh, I thought that was just chilly. It is chilly. It's not baseball weather. <laughs> well, get used to it because if this Rocktober thing happens, that's what we're going for for the next month, right? Yeah, and I will be there tonight, and I am uh, it, 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 I, I am nervous for a baseball game on September twenty ninth. That's a weird feeling. Well, that's what I was getting at yesterday. We always ask for meaningful baseball this time of year, right? Yeah. In May and June and July, we plead for it. And why do we plead for it? We plead for it because we're bored. Because in those months, we're bored. The Nuggets and the Avalanche uh, hadn't been playing the last couple of years in those months. The Broncos are doing mini camps where it's guys in, uh, you know, not even pads. It's guys just coming out and doing some drills, and, and we overanalyze it, but we can't really learn anything from it. And the Rockies are the only team that's playing meaningful games night in and night out. So we can't be hypocrites. We can't plead for meaningful baseball in those months and then sit here this morning and beat to death the Broncos and the Raiders like the Rockies are this afterthought. Trust me, we'll talk plenty Broncos and Raiders this morning. But the biggest thing in town this weekend is the Rockies. They haven't been to the playoffs in eight or nine years, whatever my math is, eight years you're kidding yourself if you think one Broncos game in week four is bigger than what the Rockies have this weekend. That's at least my opinion. I would totally agree with you. I mean, that is the number one story tonight. It will be the number one story tomorrow night unless Milwaukee loses and the Rockies win tonight and it's over and it's clinched. Sure. And God forbid it's the number one story on Sunday. I mean, you talk about tight if they lose the next two and Milwaukee wins the next two and you're going into Sunday having to win to just guarantee or to, to guarantee that you even have a play in game, that will be uh, that will be chewing off your fingernail time at that point. And then what's ironic or, or at least good for the Rockies is the Broncos go into their bye. So if the Rockies and I'm getting ahead of myself, but if they can win in Arizona, the entire series against L.A. would be during a Broncos bye week. So guess what? All eyes on you. They would even start the NLCS if we want to get way ahead before the Broncos play their fifth game of the season. So it's going to be the rocky stage to shine on if they can get through this weekend and get through Arizona. Monday could potentially be the most depressing show in the history of the Vic Lombardi show. Or it could be one of the most exciting. It could be. The it Broncos are three and one going into the bye. The Rockies took care of business. Zach Granke's not signing any autographs. Yep. Neshek's in his head, and they're going to go down to Arizona and jump in the pool after they beat the Diamondbacks. It has one of two two ways this thing could go, or it could be the Broncos are two and two, kind of out of the AFC West. Brock and the Rockies is looming. Have one of their worst collapses in not only franchise history but sports history. Oh, that was all ready to be all positive. You're the one who brought it up. It's Clinch Friday. It's Clinch Friday. Let's get it done tonight. It's Clinch Friday. I want to be there for the corks being popped. It's Clinch Friday. But they can't control their own destiny tonight. They That's, still need I don't help care. tonight. Milwaukee's going to lose. They're going to lose. To Gant? Yes. He's 0-0. Zero zero. He's got a 3.65 ERA. <laughs> I got faith in him. In what? One appearance? I don't know. What's the math on that? We don't even know the guy's name. We're rooting for Gant. Talking to Gant. Uh, Reem Pro Partners. that game starts. Is that, is that local time? That, that, yeah, that. so you'll be scoreboard watching about 25 minutes ahead in St. Louis. I mean, how much fun is it going to be tonight 
when the Rockies are leading and we're watching out in the scoreboard, Spilly better be in the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. If Spilly's anywhere other than in the scoreboard, then AT&T Sportsnet has the wrong guy running the show. He's got to be in the scoreboard all game long, putting up the numbers, and when that thing flips to F and it's St. Louis 3, Milwaukee goose egg because Gant pitched a shutout. <laughs> Place is going to go nuts. Greenbro Partners text line is 30933. If you coming in, 1131 says, I agree with Manchester for once. Not sure about what. Come on, Glad Gant. you agree. 0102, this is Danny, our boy. He still hasn't gotten his hockey stick. Good morning, men. I'm still frozen from my high school or from the high school football game last night. Frozen? You can't be frozen, Danny, if the temperature wasn't below freezing. You I'm, can't I'm with you, Danny. I'm chilly, man. It's cold out there. God, you guys are. Stuck. Uh, sixty-two hundred says, please don't talk Broncos till after the eight o'clock hour. Is that is that your commute? You want us sticking Rockies? We'll talk both. We're all sports station, right? We talk everything. My hot take coming up in the next segment is Rockies related, so he'll be happy. All right, you've got the Vic Lombardi show. Vic on assignment. He will be joining us plenty throughout the show. James Merrillat, Will Peterson, with you until ten o'clock. Station now back to Vic Lombardi. You got the Vic Lombardi show on Altitude 950. Vic on assignment. James Merrillat, known as Manchester. Will Peterson, HW, taking you till 10. Vic will be with us plenty. Manchester, you'll like this. I just went to ESPN.com. You know, they have the big picture on ESPN.com. So it's the biggest story. Yeah. Guess who's on the front of Uh, ESPN.com? Nolan Arenado. Ian Desmond, Charlie Blackman, and Carlos Gonzalez doing... Jumps in the outfield after a big Rockies win. It's the only race still going, right? The everything, only one. The AL is, is settled. Up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we're the we're the story in baseball this weekend. By the way, we just found out from a texter: the Rockies start at six ten. That's a little early tonight because it's fireworks night. The Brewers and Cardinals actually start at six fifteen local time, Denver time. So it's a seven fifteen start in St. Louis. So the Rockies will actually be playing a little bit ahead, like five minutes. So here's my hope. And I hope the Rockies are listening because this is what they need to do. The Rockies win tonight, right? Then you got that 45 minutes where it's, hey, let's get everybody down the field for the fireworks, and it takes freaking forever. Mm-hmm. Put the Brewers and the Cardinals up on the scoreboard. We can all watch them lose live and go crazy and celebrate together. How sweet would it be if they brought the champagne out onto the yeah. field? They rolled yeah. it out there in the big coolers. Because the players always come out there, you know, with their family right. and they sit there right in front of the dugout and watch the fireworks. They need to be out there watching the game with the fans. How cool will that be? That will be one of the best moments in Colorado sports. All enjoying that together as it unfolds on the big screen. So you need the Rockies game to go quick tonight. You need it to be a nice, solid 3-1, 4-2 kind yeah, of win. Not yeah. not your standard Coors Field game, but I mean, we've seen more of those this year. Dave Roberts wants to get back to the West and order his room service. He's, he's in no hurry. to. He's in no, uh, he has no interest in that thing going long. Thank you to John and Fort Collins for pointing out the right. start time for so us. So now I got the scenario in my head. Now I'm really excited about this. This is going to be good. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed for your sake. And your good mood during fireworks tonight. Yes. Yeah, I will be not in a good mood if it doesn't go that way. <laughs> Seven twenty. Let's do our piping hot takes. I am the greatest because I spit hot fire. Altitude nine fifty, Denver's all sports station, and the Vic Lombardi Show present piping hot takes. Brought to you by Sus Buick GMC. No dealership fee ever at Sus. It's Manchester's hot take.
All right, HW. Obviously, the uh, the main story this weekend at Coors Field will be the uh, the wild card playoff chase here as the Rockies try and wrap up the second wild card in the National League, get into the postseason, go play Wednesday night in Arizona against the D-backs. But there is another story that I think fans need to pay attention to. We could be watching Carlos Gonzalez play his final game at Coors Field this weekend. If the Rockies don't get in the playoffs, it could be it. He's a free agent at the end of the year. If they do get in the playoffs and they lose in Arizona, it could be it. The only way he plays again at Coors Field as a member of the Rockies is they get into the NLDS or the Rockies re-sign him, but I don't see that happening. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of signs pointing toward that. And look, it's been kind of a bummer of a year for Cargo. That's putting it mildly. It's actually pretty amazing. He's got his average up to 259. (laughs) Yeah. Because he hovered at 205 for months. For months. And 13 home runs, 56 RBI. It has not been a good final season for a guy making eight figures. But Carlos Gonzalez has been, what, one of the top five Rockies of all time? Yeah, I think he's in that conversation. Yeah, I think he's been among the two or three most fun Rockies to watch play. He's a five-tool player. He's fun to watch swing the bat. That left-handed swing is a thing of beauty. He's fun to watch play in the outfield. He's fun to watch him make throws with the cannon from right field. I have enjoyed immensely the nine years Carlos Gonzalez has been in Colorado. So if this is it, and God, I hope it's not, because we need the NLDS, the NLCS, and the World Series, because someone's got a 50-to-1 ticket. If this is it, it's been a joy for nine years. So, Rockies fans, while you're into the game, and on Sunday, if it's a meaningless game and everybody's paying attention to the Rockies or to the Broncos, make sure you take a moment, tip your cap to Carlos Gonzalez, give him a nice ovation. He's been one of the greatest Rockies in the history of the franchise. Well said. Next hot take. It's HW's Hot Take. Broncos and Raiders this weekend. It's not an elimination game as we've talked about, but it's a game that if you fall to two and two, you're in trouble because the Chiefs have a home game Monday night against Washington. I know Washington looked good against Oakland, but it's in Arrowhead on Monday night football. The Chiefs are going to go to four and oh. That would put the Raiders at three and one, the Broncos at two and two. And let's look forward. The Raiders after this game with the Broncos start a three game homestand. Broncos never get those. They only get three-game road trips. That three-game homestand includes Baltimore, who just got embarrassed by Jacksonville across the pond, and Los Angeles, who may win four games. I mean, the Raiders, if they win this weekend, they're driving the bandwagon towards 6-1 and one, uh, coming up near thereby. And then Kansas City, they've got games uh, against Houston and Buffalo and the Jets looming in the not-too-distant future. The Broncos have to win this game Sunday. They just have to. You can't go into your bye two and two, as Manchester pointed out yesterday. This is the quote unquote easy part of the schedule. Now, you may have done yourself a favor by beating Dallas in a game people may have expected you to lose, but you did yourself no favors collapsing and blowing a 16 to 13 lead against Buffalo in a game many expected you to win. There are not a lot of week four games that are must wins, but in the NFL, this is just about as close as it gets. For the Broncos on Sunday, and I hope we're not watching the Rockies. I hope the champagne's been sprayed, and it is the D-team lineup for the Rockies. A bunch of guys who aren't making the 25-man playoff roster, 
because we need to be focused on the Broncos on Sunday and the Broncos need to win because once Rockies baseball goes away, and it will at some point, either on the highest of high notes or on the lowest of low notes, the Broncos are going to be a focus for the next few months along with the start of the Avs and the Nuggets season, and we can't have a Broncos team that's out of it because that's going to be a brutal couple months. If the Broncos lose on Sunday, they are toast. All right, we've got a uh, bonus edition, a third hot take. It's Vic's Hot Take. I may not be there in body, but I'm always there in mind. I just want you guys to know that. Hi, Victor. We appreciate that. My hot take is simple. I'm listening to you guys on the way to the airport, and I'm not driving on the shoulder, by the way. Thankfully. Uh, mind you. Uh, last night's Packers-Bears game with another yet another weather delay. The play of the game that everyone's going to talk about is the hit by Danny Trevathan, which the results were horrifying, let's be honest. I thought the guy's head fell off. And when a guy's down like that and his mouth is open and everybody's praying and hoping that he's going to be okay and the safety issue comes up again, everybody understands we never want to see a hit like that. But I will repeat myself. If you legislate the violence out of football, if you make every hit illegal, and it's going to come to that, the sport of football as we know it will die. It will die. There's no way you can take violent contact out of a contact sport. It is not possible. Was the hit dirty? Yes. The results of that hit were dirty. Was the intent dirty? We don't know. Anybody who assumes intent in a situation like that, you don't know. He was taking a hit like he does every single play. He targeted a guy like he does every single play. There are a lot of hits where guys lead with the crown of the helmet. But guess what? The results aren't as dirty and nasty and grave. Those results were. I get it. Dirty hit. We don't know the intent. You can't police everything. The game is too fast. It's too quick. If you've never played the game at that level, get off your pedestal. You don't know what you're talking about. It's too fast a game to legislate violence. I'll say it again, and I'll say it every time we see something like that. Sad to see you can't police it. Sorry. Vic, uh, you are getting a lot of questions on the text line about your tweets, so I'm glad you came on and and clarified your position on it. That said, do you think Danny Trevathan, uh, two-part question, should be suspended and will be suspended? Whether or not he should, that's not my judgment call. He will. Listen, I'm not stupid. We're not foolish. The NFL will review that because in the age of slow motion, they'll break it down like a microscope, and of course he's going to get suspended. Of course he's going to get fined. There are far less heinous hits and violent hits where guys get fined. Of course. The point is, it's another example where everybody's, oh, oh my God, how can they let him even play? That's unbelievable that they let him do that. They didn't let anybody do that. He's making a football play. He's doing what every football player does. You know, somebody sent me last night on Twitter, well, this is a form tackle, Vic. This is how you do it. You go low. Well, guess what? If a football player goes low, let's say you, you see a running back come through the hole. You go low and you want to stick him right in the torso. What if that running back at the last second lowers his helmet and they need head on? Happens all the time. That's the tackler's fault. Head-to-head contact will never go away, ever. Repeat, ever in the sport of football. I agree with the fact that it'll never go away. 
And when a guy lowers his head at the last second and you're both moving and, you know, that's impossible to avoid. Last night, Devontae Adams was being held up. He was a stationary target. It was really easy to avoid his head. There's no doubt he could have taken a different route to the ball carrier. Okay, there's no doubt. So go back and look at it. He was being held up, but at the same time, as Danny Trevathan came in with his helmet, Devontae Adams was moving in a downward motion. His helmet actually moved to the same site of Danny Trevathan's helmet. Just think he sat there geographically, wrote up some chart and said, okay, if I go in at this angle, he's going to be at that angle. He didn't know where he'd end up with his head. The game's too fast to judge stuff like that. Vic, uh, appreciate the hot take. We'll talk to you throughout the show. Just so you know, 9480 just texted us. Hey, guys, make sure you tell Vic there's a big crash in the left lane on eastbound 70 at Peoria. Oh, I'm taking the damn shoulder. See you guys. Have a good show. I'll be back for the NFL picks. <laughs> All right, we'll see, see you in a little bit. There he goes. I suggest the shoulder. It's not a bad idea. Big crash on the way to the airport. My, my brother-in-law was on the way to the airport. Hope he's okay. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Big crash at eastbound 70 at Peoria. <laughs> Hope he's not causing problems out there. Well, you know, Chris will provide us with a traffic update at the end of this break. Hey, we'll find out the info. We should be able to find out. All right, there. good, good. All right. Vic, Vic is totally wrong on this, by the way. Now, one of the things, that, and we'll get into it as the show goes on. It happens every single week where there's like big piles of people and guys just come jumping into it and trying to shove the pile and move the runner, which was at one point illegal in the league. I don't know why they they continue to allow it, but that is one thing that they need to crack down on that we've never really heard about through all these, you know, defenseless receiver and all that stuff is once they're wrapped up and once there's a pile, they need to stop letting guys from both sides come crashing into it and try and move people. I get why Danny Trevathan went after him and tried to knock him down because if he's getting held up and four big fat linemen get behind him and push him for another six yards, he's going to get ripped during film session. But he didn't need to lead with his helmet. It was a stationary target. It was pretty easy to avoid Devontae Adams' head. And the league needs to address this. What do you do when a guy's wrapped up? Plays need to be called dead a hell of a lot earlier. You got the Vic Lombardi show on Altitude 950. 1-1. One, one. Fly ball. Well hit. Center field. Martin back at the wall. He leaps. He caught it. He caught it. Cubs win. Cubs win. He just took away a game-tying home run from Paul DeYoung. And the Cardinal postseason hopes are dashed. The Cardinals are dead. Dashed. Done. The Cubs win. Only one team left chasing the Colorado Rockies. The Cardinals are dead. Now that moment, and this will tell you if you're a half-full or half-empty guy. Because that moment worries me. And it encourages me. Because the Cubs had nothing to play for, right? Nothing to play for. They go into extra innings and go up and over the wall to take away a home run to win last night to knock out the Cardinals. So they're playing hard. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, that means the Cardinals are going to show up tonight and, and give it to the to the Brewers and you know do the Rockies a favor. That's a good thing. But it also means... Crap, the Dodgers may not come in here and just lay down like everybody thinks. Sure. You don't have any idea what you're going to get. It's a it's a little bit of a the scary proposition of, eh, team doesn't have anything to lose, and you got everything to lose? That, that, that could be bad. So I don't know whether to find that highlight encouraging or discouraging. 
If you missed it, WGN on the call. Cubs win 2-1 last night. The Cardinals needed to win their final four and have the Rockies lose their last three to force a one-game playoff. The Cardinals no longer in contention. Um, I don't like St. Louis, so I am thrilled by that. But you can't dance on the grave too hard because now you turn around and you're like, oh, oh, Cardinals, yeah, help us out tonight, please. Help us out this weekend. It's just an awkward dynamic, no doubt. Chad Bettis on the Hill tonight. Great story, but he's one and four with a five seven two ERA. How long is the leash? Well, you still got the forty man roster, right? That's the nice thing. Is right. You remember in in October in the play in game, they went thirteen and it wasn't that big of struggle because Clint Hurdle had guys who weren't going to make the playoff roster that he could right. just keep going to. Right. So Bud Black tonight has that advantage. He has everyone. At his disposal, he has to win this game. So the leash to me is three runs. It's three runs max. Um, you can't let it get any bigger than that. Uh, and if it's, you know, guys on first and third and one out and it's two nothing Dodgers top two, that might be the leash. I mean, it's short. It is short without a doubt because for as great a story as he is, he has not been very good on the mound outside of a couple starts when he very first came back. Um, you're not playing the sentimental playoffs tonight. You're playing for the real deal that you haven't been in in eight years. It's tight. It's short. Tomorrow night, Marquez, who he's maybe been from start to finish. Has he been the most consistent Rockies pitcher? Most consistent. Uh, you I mean, know, that's I think like John being Gray, the skinniest John, kid at Fat Kid, right. but John Gray got hurt, so it's kind right. of hard to. You know, if if we're counting injury against Gray, then yes, Marquez is the most consistent pitcher. Okay, all right. Um, and then Sunday, TBA, and now that's based on do you need it or don't need it, right? It's who, who would be the scheduled starter if it was just if it was Chatty. middle of the year? It'd Chatty, be, it'd, it'd be Chatwood. Yep. Okay, well that tells you all you need to know about what they think of Tyler Chatwood. Well, it's home Chatwood. Uh, he has, yeah, but if they were if they were confident in Tyler Chatwood, he'd be the starter on Sunday. They'd announce it. No, I think it's if you need to win, it's going to be John Gray or Tyler Anderson because they don't have any confidence in Tyler Chatwood. Well, isn't there a difference between not having confidence and also knowing the other two are better? That doesn't mean they don't totally believe in Tyler Chatwood. Would it shock you if they get to L.A. if Tyler Chatwood start in Game One or Game Two? It would shock me if he starts Game One. Well, no, because you're going to burn Gray on in the playing game. Yeah, I would not because he would probably be a guy at Dodger Stadium. That you're like, huh? Roll the we got a shot. We got a shot. But you know who I hope starts Sunday? Jeff Hoffman. Or I mean, that, someone, that means there's absolutely nothing on the that line. means they've made it right. Because yeah. it's not going to be Sensatella or Freeland because you need to keep them for for Wednesday because they'll make your 25 man roster. Right? Who's the Who's the new kid? Suck up or something? Roscup. Roscup. Suck up. <laughs> who's suck up? A lot he's, of he's, he's the, the kicker. kicker for the Titans. Yeah. You want to see a lot of Roscup on Sunday? If it's a lot of Roscup and Talkman, we are in a good spot. You know Tom Murphy? Not my guy. Give him a start Sunday. That'd be great. I don't like the matchup tonight, and I certainly don't like the matchup tomorrow night with Clayton Kershaw. I, I, I'm a yo-yo in this in this show. I, I'm up and down. I'm I'm feeling great and I'm feeling bad. I don't know how I'm going to get through this weekend. I'm looking at these. Dude, you've yo-yoed four times. I know. I know. I don't minutes. know where to go. I don't know where to go. I'm. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right. It's clinching Friday. We're going to get this done. We're going to watch it on the big board before fireworks. And then I start looking deeper into the matchups of the weekend. I'm like, oh, they're toast. We focused a lot on the pitching, but let's flip it to the other side to the offense. You and I were there on Wednesday, and 
Ian Desmond and Trevor Story both showed up in big ways. Desmond, a three-run shot. Story gets walked twice. Uh, or excuse me, Arenado gets walked twice in favor of Story. Both times he comes through with a uh, two RBI hit, one a single, one a double. If those guys can hit this weekend as well, how much pressure does that take off Charlie and Nolan going down to Arizona and this weekend that, man, baseball is all about getting hot at the right time. And I know it's a small sample size, but if Cargo, Desmond, Story all get hot, plus Chuck, Nolan, and DJ, now you've got a scary lineup at the exact right time of the year. Well, I mean, and Cargo's hitting three seventy one in September. 11 doubles, 5 homers, 15 RBI in just the month of September. So he's swinging a pretty good bat. Trevor Story... The last two games has had the biggest hits mm-hmm. because the Rockies are a great team, a great team when they jump out to a lead. They are. They're not very good when they're behind. Right, kind of like so, the Broncos. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're they're Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Pretty darn good when they're when he's ahead. Not very good when he's behind. So, Story had the big three run home run on Tuesday, and then he had the big double on Wednesday. To give the Rockies a you know pretty decent lead early, like all right, now we're cruising, now we're off and running. Um, Ian Desmond, boy, if you have faith in that being the guy that's going to come through this weekend, you're more optimistic than me. He looked good on Wednesday when I we know, were there. I, I mean, know. he had the three run shot, and then he had the base hit up the middle. He had the ball he hit right on the screws at the center fielder. They paid Ian Desmond enough money that he could get hot right now, and that would. Uh, uh, not justify the contract, but that would ease a lot of hard feelings towards that contract. You need someone to be hot this weekend, other than the the big three. You need someone. Cargo, I, think, I think you need two: Story, Desmond, Lucroy. Who else you got? Para if he gets a game. Reynolds. Reynolds. Where you been, Reynolds? Start performing like it's April 2017 all over again. But Someone, that, but what's funny is we Could just cargo. we just named nine guys because the Para Desmond is the the platoon. It'll be one of yeah. the two. All nine have the capabilities to be hot. I think Cargo is going to be the hero. It would be appropriate, and then guess what? Bring him back on a one year, two million dollar deal. It's not only appropriate, which it would be. He's also the hottest hitter on the team in the month of September. Well, and I always say it. You know, we always joked when Peyton Manning got pulled against the Chiefs game. In the Chiefs game. Is he going to get a storybook Disney ending? And it was poo-pooed and laughed at. And leave it to Peyton Manning to get a storybook Disney ending. You could not have scripted the way that season ended any better. Cargo's nowhere near the star that Peyton Manning is. But wouldn't it be fun for Cargo to get a storybook ending as a Rocky? You never know. He's getting hot at the exact right time. The yo-yo's up again. I'm feeling better. Cargo's going to be the hero. You're thinking about the 30 for 30? Yeah. He's going to hit the walk-off tonight. Then we're all going to watch the scoreboard, watch the Brewers lose, and then we're going to watch fireworks. God, what a great night it's going to be at Coors Field. By the way, when's the Super Bowl 50 30 for 30 coming? There's plenty there to do one on that. That would be good. I watched the Tommy Morrison 30 for 30 last night. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. And talk about a guy who absolutely positively wasted talent and an opportunity. He had an $8.5 million payday for a fight with Lennox Lewis coming up, and he didn't train for a fight in his hometown of Tulsa against some tomato can, and he got knocked out in the first round because he was out the night before drinking beers at a concert. $8.5 million bucks. I'll have to check it out. You got the Vic Lombardi Show on Altitude 950. 
Sunday. It's a huge AFC West showdown when Oakland comes to town. Let's go! Reload it! Let's go! And the orange and blue preview with Kreckman and Harris is back at the Fieldhouse event venue on Federal, just steps from the stadium. Join the party here on the air at noon, and it's all brought to you by Best Car Buys Premium. Your first choice for premium trucks and SUVs by Star Limousines, raising the bar in style and comfort. And by Morningstar Assisted Living and Memory Care at Jordan, casting a new light. The Orange and Blue Preview, Sunday at noon on Altitude 950. Attention sports fans, you need to sell that house, don't you? Uh, you got to get rid of that house. Troy Hansford of the Hansford Real Estate Team is really the only agent you need to call if you need to sell fast. He'll make you the following offer. He'll sell your home at a price, a time that you agree with, or he'll cut you a check for $5,000. It's pretty easy. <laughs> He's going to sell it or you get that money. He has an exclusive system for marketing homes, proven to get his clients the most money. Recently, sold a house for 10000 more than what it was worth, according to the owner, because he has a great system in place. So give him a call today. No obligation, no high-pressure sales, no risk. 720-900-4433. That's 720-900-4433. Troy Hansford and the Troy Hansford team. 720-900-4433. Fall is the perfect time of year to get your house painted inside or out. And do it with the company celebrating their 25th anniversary, Serta Pro Painters. Hurry to get on Serta Pro's fall painting schedule before the colder weather arrives. For a free estimate, call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit CertaPro.com. And that's Serta with a C. Free estimates, high quality paints, color consultations. Find it all with Serta Pro Painters. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Serta Pro Painters. We do painting, you do life. Uh. Bacon and eggs, bacon and eggs, bacon and eggs, bacon and... There's got to be something else to have for breakfast. For a fresh spin on breakfast, try Honey Smoked Salmon from the Honey Smoked Fish Company with your eggs or with an English muffin. It's full of omega-3s and protein, so you'll feel natural energy all day. Mmm. Tomorrow, Honey Smoked Salmon and Pancakes. Honey Smoked Salmon from the Honey Smoked Fish Company, the ready-to-eat energizing superfood. Available at Costco, King Supers, Safeway, and Sam's Club. This is John Elway. I joined the American Financing Team for one simple reason. They look out for homeowners in Colorado. They're solution providers and will take the time to understand your goals and objectives. Your needs may not be the same as your neighbors. Here's something I appreciate. They have only salary-based mortgage consultants and don't believe in pressure. That's different than most of the other guys. Pressure is fine on the field, but not for your home loan. It's called responsible lending, and that's what drives the culture at family-owned American Financing. Are they any good? The Better Business Bureau has given them an A rating. If you're in the market for new home loan or refinance, I recommend calling American Financing at 303-695-7000. 303-695-7000 or visit their website at AmericanFinancing.net. Rates won't stay this low forever. It only takes 10 minutes to pre-qualify, and you may close in as fast as 10 days. American Financing, Colorado's home for home loans. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. First you have the crash, then the doctor's visits, then the pain, medications, limitations, and then comes the fight with the insurance company. How do you get on an even playing field? Use the Bell & Pollock Legal Game Plan. I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. For over 25 years, we've represented injured people. Based on our experience, we've formulated an injury legal game plan, a game plan you can use right now. Our legal game plan gives you the ability to fight the insurance company, and it's free. Find us at championsofthepeople.com. We'll help you. 
The Altitude 950 traffic update. There is an accident clearing off southbound I-25 at 120th, and it's backed up traffic to 144th Avenue. Traffic is brought to you by Choose Fitness, and a car fire southbound I-25 at 104th, causing a delay as well. Watch for an accident clearing off the ramp from northbound I-25 to northbound I-225. You deserve an awesome gym, and Choose Fitness is it. Choose is just $9.99 a month, and now join for just a $1 startup fee only till this Saturday, September 30th. That's right. Right, just a buck. ChooseFitness.com. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Well, it just is ability. I mean, they're, they're, every team's got these pass rushers these days, but his explosion, the way he you know, gets to the quarterback, you watch some of those games when they're double team and he just goes right through them and his. Uh, he plays with a lot of energy and it just continues to push. He doesn't give up on plays. And you see a lot of. You know, you see not just flying by guys, but you see him, you know, pushing the pocket back and just continue to go to the quarterback. And then if you hold it too long, he's going to get to eventually. That's Broncos offensive coordinator Mike McCoy talking about Khalil Mack and the challenges he presents. Uh, I think it's safe to say Khalil Mack is one of the two best pass rushers in the NFL. Him and Von Miller in that conversation. I lean toward Von, but there's an argument. There's an argument that voters made last year. You could lean toward Khalil Mack, Broncos and Raiders over at Sports Authority Field this weekend. Uh, both teams 2-1, and one, both coming off bad losses. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show. James Merlatt, Will Peterson with you until 10. Vic's been on. He'll be on again. We've still got our NFL preview to do on the show today. We'll also talk to Adam Mars from Denver Stiffs. And at 828, this is kind of fun, we'll talk to Derek Fisher former NBA guard and head coach. He's on Dancing with the Stars now. He made one of the most famous shots in NBA history. Oh, and by the way, he was Carmelo Anthony's head coach for a couple years. Interested to get his thoughts on that. It'll be interesting to get his perspective on whether or not Melo will be able to uh, play the role of second and or third wheel in Oklahoma City. Because that's what he's going to have to be, no doubt. He's certainly not one. You can make the argument he's two. At this point in their careers, I think Paul George is a better player than Carmelo Anthony. Maybe. I mean, uh, probably, but I don't think it, it's it, it's not as cut and dry as who's number one. Right. I mean, that one's obvious. I think two, three is but maybe a uh, depends on who has the hot hand tonight kind of thing. All that coming up. So plenty of NBA talk, plenty of Rockies talk. But for now, let's focus on this Broncos and Raiders game. Uh, you heard Mike McCoy there, James. I'm of the belief that Khalil Mack needs to be double teamed on every single play. The old coaching staff was a little stubborn about that. And we remember it was the Michael Schofield game, right? When Brock was in there week 13, week 14, whatever it was of the Super Bowl 50 year. Yep. The Broncos lose to the Raiders at home because Khalil Mack, I think, had five sacks that day on Michael Schofield. And it was just a embarrassment. And it was embarrassing for Schofield, but also at some point, the coaches have to wake up and realize Michael Schofield can't block Khalil Mack. And I know Michael Schofield's no longer on this team, but guess what? Menelik Watson and Garrett Bowles, they can't block Khalil Mack either. So you better give him some help this weekend. Yeah, and I would expect that the Raiders are going to move him around because, I mean, I think they can take advantage of either tackle. Sure. One's right? a rookie and the other one's underachieved. So, you know, for me, if, I, if I'm if i Jack Del Rio and the Raiders coaching staff, I'm just figuring out, well, where are they putting the tight end? And I'm putting Khalil Mack on the other side. And going one on one, unless they're going to have a tight end on both sides and helping out. But well, there's a that's a power game. Mm-hmm. I mean that that talk about three yards in a cloud of dust approach. Um, you can't help everybody on every play. So at some point, Garrett Bowles and Menelik Watson are going to have to go one on one and 
stop Khalil Mack. I don't like that matchup for Denver at all. I think I'm, I think it's very troublesome. Uh, I, I I think that that's a situation where you look at it and go. And I know Vic likes to talk about how that front seven for um, San Diego is the best front seven they'll see all year. And then I think last week was the best front seven they'll see all millennium. And I'm sure this is the best front seven they'll see in the history of the franchise. They haven't seen a pass rusher like Khalil Mack. Joey Bosa's good. He ain't Khalil Mack. Buffalo's got some nice pieces up front, but Jerry Hughes ain't Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who can single-handedly dominate a game because he can harass the quarterback play after play after play after play. I mean, it really is him and Von Miller, right? They just happen to yes. play in the same division, but they're the two best pass rushers in football. And Justin Houston may be in that conversation. He's also in this division. Vic Beasley, uh, you know, could, guys that have could have a case. All, all three of those guys are guys who have had monster games at Sports Authority Field. <laughs> right. So don't let Cleo Mack have a second one, right? right? I mean, Vic Beasley, Paxton Lynch had very little shot in that Atlanta game because Vic Beasley was in the backfield constantly. Justin Houston absolutely abused Ty Sambrilo on national TV, and Khalil Mack two years ago had a monster game. Well, and that leads to an interesting conversation as well of Jamal Charles has proven thus far that he is really good in the pass protection game. He's gotten all the right reads. He hasn't gotten his quarterback killed. Oh, and by the way, when the 300-pounder comes at him, he's held his own well. Jamal Charles got more carries than C.J. Anderson last week. It looked like they made a conscious effort to feature him more for his ability in the run game. Will Jamal Charles get featured even more this weekend because of his ability in the pass game because of Khalil Mack as well? I don't know. I mean, I'm with you. And I think even in the preseason, in the one game he played, the thing I was most impressed with was his blitz pickup. Right. I, he's just a guy who will who will, is willing to do it and knows what he's doing. You know, knows how to knows where the rush is coming from and knows how to get there and and uh, and protect the quarterback. But and Jeff Legwald was on with Ryan and Nate yesterday, and he pointed out this stat: in all three games, Jamal Charles has played either twenty or twenty-one snaps. That pitch count, yeah. That, and he, as he said, that's either by design or an extreme coincidence. Mm-hmm. So, have they seen enough through three games to say, "Oh, we can increase it," or is that the pitch count, and that's how they're going to try and keep him healthy? And fresh throughout the year. You've got the bye looming. Can you push it a little more with the bye coming up in a, in a game that we've talked about multiple times this week? And it was my hot take this morning. The Broncos have to have. I mean, if Jamal Charles, it's like we signed you for a reason. Let's see how those knees are. You're going to play 30, 35 snaps this week. What does that say about C.J. Anderson then? But that's the, the I funny mean, we're part. four games in and everybody, oh, C.J.'s going to rush for 1,600 yards and C.J.'s a feature back. In week four, we're talking how they need to give the ball to Jamal, Jamal Charles more. I don't disagree with you, but doesn't that make my point about C.J. Anderson? But He's CJ, just a guy. He was really good in those first two weeks, and for whatever reason, they pumped the brakes pretty hard on C.J. in week three. I can't explain that, can you? Why, why was C.J.'s role so drastically reduced in Buffalo after two pretty good games to start the season? Because there's eight guys in the box. Again, people are starting to realize, oh, yeah, it is still Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just go one-on-one with Emmanuel and DT, put eight or nine guys in the box, not let them run the football, and make Trevor Simeon beat us. That's what it was. And it, it, it's the same thing Bill Belichick did here. I'm going to make Trevor Simeon beat us, and he may put up some points, but is he going to put up more than 17 if you're making him do it? I don't think so. Well, that's a nice segue into Simeon. I mean, expectations this weekend are are he needs to have a major bounce back because for as 
as good as he was against San Diego and Dallas, with some mistakes sprinkled in, he was atrocious against Buffalo. Uh, atrocious is the right Not word. Not according to the coaching staff. They uh, loved his game other than the two bad throws. Well, in the second half, he was terrible. I mean, other than the ending, how'd you enjoy the play, well, Mrs. Lincoln? Aren't they protecting their guy right now when they know they've got two guys right behind him who number seven could ask for at any time? If he plays poorly on Sunday, he's going to get benched. If he plays poorly on Sunday, he's getting benched during the bye week. Now, poorly is what you saw in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If you see that again and they lose and they're 2-2 two and two, and you have Brock Osweiler, an Elway pick, and you have Paxton Lynch, an Elway pick, sitting there on the bench ready to go, Trevor Simeon's going to get benched. You think they'd really pull the plug at 2-2 two and two after the way he looked in weeks 1 and 2? Yes, because I'm not with you and everybody else in town who thinks he was just marvelous in the first two weeks. He threw a three-yard pass to C.J. Anderson that C.J. Anderson took 16 yards for a touchdown. That ain't Trevor. That's dink and dunk master. That's all that is. It's a guy who throws the ball short of the sticks and hopes somebody can run with it and make a play and put up decent numbers. Uh, his touchdown to Benny Fowler in week one, the touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders in week two, those were those were big boy throws. They it was were, a 10-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders. He had to throw it over a linebacker. Well, okay. he caught it in the very back of the end zone, so it was more oh, like 17, 18-yard wow. pass, right? Like seven, well, and then he, he dropped back, so you know it actually went like 21 yards in the air. I'm just saying, Come on. to not give him any credit for the first two weeks is is a little harsh, right? I give him some credit. He was fine. He was fine in two home games where everything went perfectly. I just find it surprising that for a guy who was, again, we'll disagree on the verbiage, but in my opinion, he was he was pretty good. Could get benched four games into the season. Wouldn't shock me if he but, looks bad. But who's bad. making that call? Who's making that call to John bench Elway. him? John Elway's making so that Vance call. So Vance Joseph's just going to get completely undermined Why did they four bring games Brock into his back? NFL career. Why did they bring Brock Osweiler back? Because he's John's back? boy. They go to Coeur d'Alene together and fish. They brought Brock Osweiler back for a reason. They could have brought in any number of guys to be an emergency quarterback while Paxton Lynch had his wing and a sling. They could have brought back anybody. They brought back a guy that 16, 17 months ago 18 months ago, they wanted to give $16 million a year and turn the keys of a Super Bowl-winning team over to him. He, if, if they're 2-2 two and two and they're in third place in the division and Trevor Simeon's look bad in back-to-back games, he's getting benched. But didn't they bring in Brock as an injury policy for a guy who has injury history and Trevor Simeon not as a guy that, hey, four weeks in, we're 2-2, two and two, it's your team now? If these same three quarterbacks would have been on the roster in March... Who would be the starter? Who would have been the starter for opening day? Brock Osweiler. Okay, that's why if they're two and two after back-to-back bad games by Trevor Simeon, he's getting benched. All right. Well, pressure's on then, Trev. This Sunday, Sports Authority Field, according to Manchester, you're trying to save your starting job. We'll reset here on the Vic Lombardi Show at eight o'clock. Green Pro Partners text line is 30933. You can also call the show on the hotline 303-753-0950. And don't forget, Altitude 950 wants to send you to Las Vegas to see the Avalanche take on the Golden Knights every weekday between now and October 13th. We'll be giving you the chance to get into that grand prize drawing. Listen for a Vegas-themed movie clip during any of Altitude 950's live shows. Be the third caller. And you're in the mix for the trip for two to see the Avs and Golden Knights October 27th. 
join the Avs in Vegas with Altitude 950. A little birdie told me that Vegas clip is coming up sooner rather than later. Yeah, so, so get those numbers ready. Avs were in uh, Vegas last night. Yeah, you know, I uh, follow some of our uh, friends over at Altitude TV on the, the social media, and they were showcasing Vegas, and it's like, wow. It's kind of weird that they're just in the middle of the desert playing a hockey game. It's going to take a little getting used to, but uh, guess what? We can send you there in less than a month they, if you are caller number three and get qualified. They got a win, finished the uh, preseason 4-2 and two after a 4-2 win. Kind of nice symmetry there. I think we're all a little cautiously optimistic, though, right? We saw the 6-0 and preseason last year. So 4-2, and two, all right, that's good. Some good signs, um, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll start to find out how... Real it is, what, Thursday? They open the regular season Thursday night at, at the Rangers? That's crazy, man. Thursday it's, night. It's here. It's really here. That's nuts. First Nuggets preseason game is tomorrow at Golden State. Yeah, would have been fun to do that five and a half months ago for yeah, game okay. one. But you know what? It's a new day for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, text coming in fast and furious. 1647 says, I'm boycotting this show until Will figures out how to pronounce poo-poo. Papoo? Papoo? You guys continue to papoo that? Yes, that's it. Did I say it right that Don't time? Don't papoo that. Okay. Uh, Paul, your enemy text in. Manchester Cliss continuing to promote his spin. You're the same person as the Dove Valley Minions and that you're exactly as accurate as they are. You're just the other extreme, and it's tiring. That's from Paul. Okay, Paul. Uh, how dead on blank accurate did my assessment of Trevor Simeon look in the second half at Buffalo when he fell behind? which is exactly what I said would happen. He's great when he's playing ahead and everything's on schedule. All of a sudden, it wasn't on schedule. They were down four, and he had to make something happen in the fourth quarter. And from the time they were down four until they were down ten, he was four for ten, 36 yards, and two interceptions. So I guess I'm not always inaccurate, Paul, but your tweet or text was inaccurate. Called you Manchester Cliss, too. That's got to be kind of a Cliss doesn't low. even exist to me. I, I haven't seen a Mike Cliss tweet in so long. I don't even know that the guy's around. <sighs> and for those who missed it, that wasn't a choice by you. That was no. a choice by Mike. He blocked, he blocked you on Twitter. Because I called him out for being a spin meister. <laughs> 5058 says, God, I miss Vic to shut up blank James. Wow. Did, he, did they put blank or did they put a curse word? They put a curse word. Does it start with the sixth letter of the alphabet? No. Oh, so it wasn't a real cuss word. Like, in my family, that's the only real cuss word. <laughs> he called you a dumb blank. Um, sorry. That's not a problem. We got mean texts coming up at 945. Yeah. If I'm going to be that thin-skinned today, it's going to be a bad day. I am a little grumpy, though. And here's why I think I'm all over the place. Okay. Today, and we've had this hyped for, Here he mo- goes. for more than a week, we've had this hyped in the office. Right? We thought it was last Friday because we've been getting emails about this for so long. I hope we're on the loudspeakers in the office right now so bad. It's National Donut Day on September 29th. I'm going to be here at 6 a.m. with a raft of donuts for everyone. Skip your healthy breakfast. So guess who did that? Guess who didn't have a banana this morning? The lady at Starbucks even asked me. and I'm like, nope, not today. It's National Donut Day. I'm going to get in and have some Dunkin' Donuts. And what happened? I'm here at 6.15 today to make sure I get one. No donuts. <laughs> what? Whoa! Dan hop on the mic here. Dan got a donut? Dom gave me a donut this morning, yes. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. The guys from Mix got donuts? Yeah. What time were you here, Dan? 
Uh, I got here by like 5.45. Oh, so you missed your donut by a half hour. Who else got donuts? Did every other station get donuts? I don't know. Did Cool get donuts? We're in a cluster with uh, Cool and the, the Wolf Did and Bo Mix Did Bo and Jenny get donuts? Yeah, I think so. Did Jim Barry get donuts? He's, I think he's doing mornings today. Dom and, and Jeremy got donuts. I, we didn't get donuts. There was a dozen donuts that were brought. They brought one box. Normally they bring like four. They brought one box of donuts and one thing of coffee. A dozen donuts. How many people were here at that time, Dan? Um, well, let's see. It was Dom, Jeremy, a couple two. people from The Wolf. That's four. four. That's There's, Bo and Jenny. There was Jim five, Barry. Plus me. You. Marty. Party with Marty. Did Marty, did, did did Marty get a donut? I don't know. We'll have, we'll have to ask him. Okay. Fine. But there are four stations here. So there's four morning shows. Vic's not here today. There are seven hosts on the air today. Some people may have eaten two donuts. That's my point. There are seven on-air hosts this morning doing morning shows that were supposed to get donuts. Where did a dozen damn donuts go? Where did the dozen damn donuts go? Where are they? Where's my donut? No wonder you're on such a roller coaster this morning. Man, you're hangry. Where's my you donut? Know, just hanging out. Oh, they only brought they only brought a dozen. There's nobody in the office. It's dark. Where'd they all go? Who had two? Who had three? This this could warrant an investigation. I'm go- during the next break. I'm going around and asking. I, where actually? Where's Marty? Send Marty on this mission. You I want to find Marty out who Dan. had donuts. Yeah, that's a, hey, we've got this new intern who none of you have met, and he's here to interrogate you about your donut consumption. No. That's it, a nice introduction to the, the office. I'll give him a piece of paper. I'm going to divide it into 12 squares. I want him to account for the dozen donuts. I want names. Oh. Who, who took the damn donut? Hey, remember when you got this cool internship at this radio station? Yeah, you got to go figure out who from the country station ate three donuts. Well, I don't think that's hard. <laughs> it just that's a tough task. That's an intimidating task. He doesn't know these people. What better way to introduce yourself? By getting mad at him about taking Manchester's donut, so that's why he's in a bad mood this morning? How selfish do you have to be to take extra donuts? They thought there was gonna be six boxes of donuts. We got emails all week that said that. Fine, but when they walked in with one you need to pump the brakes a little bit. Well, you could have thought multiple boxes were on the way. Let's say they stop by here. Nancy comes in, and we have our one box of donuts, and they haven't gone next door to Dom and Jeremy. They haven't gone to Bo and Jenny. They haven't gone to see, see Jim. Do you and I just start pounding them, or do we take one? You take one until round two. Just common sense office food etiquette. So there's seven hosts. There's Dan. There's eight. There was Marty. Party with Marty. That's nine. There's nine. They, I think they have an intern or somebody. The traffic gal. Chris. Chris. So there's ten. Still. Well, you're finding more and more people that we hadn't thought. Nancy, Nancy may have had one. That's fine. 11. That's 11. That's maybe, 11. Maybe the person who brought the donuts had one. They had to be up early, too. They're the donut rep. If you're the donut rep from Dunkin' Donuts, you bring a, do- a dozen donuts and you take one, you're a miserable person. If I was the donut rep, I would think I deserve there's a donut Marty. per stop. Send, send, put, get Marty on the mic here. All right, we got, he, we got to get Marty on the mic here. We've got major controversy this morning in I'm, the office. I'm fired up. James is not in a good mood. Marty, welcome back. All right, so just to reset for you, Marty, a dozen donuts got delivered this morning. We've been getting emails that it's donut day. Manchester and I didn't get a donut. Did you get a donut? I did not get a donut. Okay. The now, were you chicken. offered a donut? No, I was not offered a donut. This is the first I'm hearing about donuts. Okay, so Marty. how did Dan get a donut? This doesn't add up. Did Tanner have four donuts? 
No, I just had one. I told you, Dom Dom offered me one, and I took one. Okay, so here's what we want you to do, Marty. Okay. I have made a nice grid on the back of this piece I, of paper. I, I see that. There are 12 slots. I have written Dan's <laughs> name in one. Okay. So you need to fill in the other 11. Okay. I want to know who ate the damn donuts. All right, I'll get to the bottom of this. So and, are, and he's dead serious about this, folks. He has a grid right now that he wants to get to the bottom of this. It will be the last this party with Marty today if this grid is yeah, not complete. This isn't like radio fodder. Now, Do we know what kind of donut Dan had? It was chocolate with sprinkles. What? Oh and that's good detail. I, I, just wow. need, I just need names, though, Marty. Okay. So we have there, there's four places you need to stop. Okay, so there's our friends here at Mix, Dom and Jeremy. I'm giving you the names, so you, you may not have met everybody, so right, I want to make sure it's fine. Now don't, make a grid. now, don't go in there if there's, you know, the on-air light. Right over here at the Wolf, 92.5 The Wolf, you got Bo and Jenny, and then down the hall at Cool, I think Jim Barry is hosting this morning. Okay. Because he had Nate Kreckman on to talk sports. Nice. Good cross-promotion. And then you need to go down the hall, and Nancy, she was in charge of this debacle. She might have had one. That's You're it. making our intern at the end of his second week go ask the sales lady why there wasn't enough donuts. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm asking. I, I talked to Nancy already. I know why there wasn't enough donuts. Or, well, who ate the donuts? Yes, that's what I want to know. I just think that's a tough task, putting the kid on the spot. Marty, Marty, are you up for this? I'll be very aggressive. It'll be done in 10 minutes. There we go. You can blame me, Marty. You can say, hey, You've all met Manchester. This won't surprise you. He's ticked he didn't get a donut. He wants to know who had the donut. He wants me to fill out a grid. I don't yes. know. Did you eat a donut? Uh, your Simeon takes get a lot of texts. Our donut conversation gets even more. We'll read some of those when we come back. You got the Vic Lombardi Show on Altitude 950. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show. James Merrillat, Manchester. My name is Will Peterson, HW, taking you until 10. The donut controversy has thickened. He's filled in one other square. So we have... Dan in one. He filled out one square with the wolf. Apparently, Bo and Jenny split one. Where did the other ten go? Well, has he talked to the folks at Mix or Cool yet? I don't know. He just showed me through the window. If you missed it, we were promised a dozen donuts this morning. Or several dozen donuts, right? We were promised donuts. I don't want to overstate what I was promised. I was expecting one. We were told not to eat breakfast. Yes, and I didn't. And now I'm grumpy. Er, the normal. <laughs> Rebro Partners text line is hot. Keep them coming. 30933. Uh, let's see here. Jake says it's National Coffee Day, not National Donut Day. Jake is one of several folks to point that out. I did see that trending on Twitter, and I didn't see National Donut Day. I'm just saying what the email said. The email said it was National Donut Day. There was a lot of misinformation in this email. Uh, John says, according to the Google machine channeling my inner Vic, National Donut Day is in June. Okay. So that was several. Why didn't we get donuts in June? Can we just call Jake Marsing and ask him what it is? He'll know. Maybe we could get burritos. No, that's next week. <laughs> uh, let's see here. 1647 says, be a leader, James. Bring donuts in. I'm bringing them Monday. I'm going to do it. What if we have that terrible sports weekend you're so fearful of? We'll need them even more. So we're, we are having donuts on Monday. They're either going to be celebratory or, hey, guys, we need to pick me up because this was the worst weekend in Denver sports in quite some time. Uh, seven one three seven says if James will cheer up, I'll send him some damn donuts. I I will take him. I will take him. It's not hard to find our address. Uh, one eight eight two has suggestions of how you could get some donuts. We won't dive into that, but you know, a lot of people are 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 feeling for you. They're feeling your pain about these donuts because you're angry, man. 
You get angry about Simeon. You get angry about the Rockets, or excuse me, the Rockies. We see you mad on this show a fair amount. This donut passion is is right up there with some of your best. I friends. don't like to be promised something and then not get it. That's upsetting. Okay, but the investigation is is full of flaws already. Why? Well, we have ten donuts that have disappeared. Well, the investigation's not full of flaws. It's just we're not complete yet. I think Marty's doing a heck of a job. Well, the investigation is exposing a lot of things. I guess I should say that maybe it wasn't a dozen donuts. Well, he went down the hall to talk to Nancy. So maybe, maybe it was six donuts. It. Maybe it was a half a dozen donuts. Who sends a half a dozen donuts? Well, it's why, not. Na- why but it's bother? not National Donut Day. Why bother? What's the point? And they sent one lousy thing of coffee. Man, you are not thrilled with this. I'm upset about this. All right, we got Derek Fisher coming up shortly, but in the meantime, we will quickly do our Power 5 question of the day. What can we not get enough of today? So hot right now. Let's dive into the Power 5. All right, if the Rockies get caught this weekend, it will be by the Milwaukee Brewers. If you missed it, St. Louis has been officially eliminated from playoff contention So Manchester and I were talking before the show, and we're saying, can you imagine getting caught by Milwaukee? Of all teams, the Milwaukee Brewers. Really? So we want to know on the Rean Pro Partners text line 30933, who is the most irrelevant team in pro sports? Or as you put it, if they went away tomorrow, you wouldn't really care. If the Milwaukee Brewers cease to exist, nobody outside of the greater Milwaukee area, nobody other than Laverne and Shirley and Squiggy would care. Nobody would care. Who else makes that list? Like, if the Carolina Hurricanes went away, would it matter? I can't say my life would be affected at all. Would it at all? Right? Like, if the Dallas Cowboys went away, that would be a big deal. Be a big deal. If the, I mean, is there an NFL team that falls in this category? I don't think there is. I'll be interested to see what people come up with on the Ream Pro Partners text line. Would you be that sad if Jacksonville disappeared tomorrow? Probably not. That's one. If they move to London, great, whatever. Yeah. Nobody cares. It's just that, that team that you forget they even exist. That's what we want to hear. 30933. Just the most irrelevant team in pro sports. If they went away, you wouldn't care. Milwaukee and their stupid little slide went away. I wouldn't really care. No, I was I was there this summer, and let me tell you, the slide is the most overhyped, underwhelming thing in all of sports. It's a gimmick. And they, they had it guarded by two cops. I'm like, relax, dude. I'm four pops deep and want to slide down the slide. Give me a break here. Wouldn't let me. I just think the Milwaukee Brewers are perhaps the most irrelevant team in baseball. When's the last time they did anything? 1982? Yeah, didn't they trade for CC Sabathia and make the playoffs like six, seven years ago? Okay, so? I mean, Ryan Braun, like, was a bad dude. I mean, seriously, the- they've made more headlines for Ryan Braun, like, Throwing a urine collector under the bus than for anything they've done on the baseball field. They were in the World Series in 1982, I think, against the Cardinals. Have they been in the World Series since then? I don't think so. No, I don't. I, have they ever won? Well, have they won one back in the day? I assume. I don't know. I can't say my baseball history not, in the 60s and I'm 70s not is really. Recalling. Up. I recall them being in the 1982 World Series against the Cardinals. I recall that, and I think St. Louis won that series. I don't know that Milwaukee's ever won the World Series now. It's not as though the team we're rooting for has just a, you know, glorious postseason history. They've never won a division title, and they've been to the postseason three times in 25 years. But Milwaukee's irrelevant. Uh, Ream Pro Partners text line 30933-4296 says the Orlando Magic. Mm, that's pretty good. Nuggets would have beat them in the NBA Finals if Anthony Carter could have gotten the ball inbounds. Uh, 7592, 
New York Islanders. That's from Caleb. Do they still play on Long Island? No, remember they played in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, and they, they, got joint, they got booted. Are they back in Brooklyn this year? I don't know. Oh, you know what? We don't know. Makes their point. What's funny is the next text is from 8406 and says Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let's see. Another Magic one. A Jaguars one. The Columbus Blue Jackets. That's the Arizona Coyotes. Columbus Blue Jackets is a great one. If you so Here's what it is, right? You've had, I don't know, pitcher of beer with your buddies, and you're, you're playing that game. All right. Let, see who can think of every single team in every single pro sport. Columbus is the last team you think of. No doubt. That one's going to be tough to beat. Apparently, Uber Eats will deliver them. Have you heard of this Uber Eats? Yeah. You don't know Uber Eats? No. It's like Postmates. The, what is that? They bring you anything you want. Was there? There's obviously an upcharge. What am I going to get upcharged for Oh, yeah, it's expensive. This? I was struggling one Sunday morning. I Postmate a Chipotle for like 14 bucks, but it was so worth it. Does Nancy have a P card we can just put this on? Did <laughs> she drop the ball today? Derek Fisher coming up next. <laughs> Former NBA guard, head coach, hit one of the most famous shots in NBA history. We'll pick his mind on Mello, the Nuggets, and he's on Dancing with the Stars. Altitude 950. Four tenths remaining in the fifth game. Here they go. They get it to Fisher. He scores! Fisher scores at the buzzer! Man, I miss when Al Michaels used to do the NBA. Who was with him on that call? I couldn't pick up the other voice. Man, could it have been Bill Walton back in the day? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember Al and Bill being together. By the way, I love when Bill Walton does a game. He just so rambles good. about things. <laughs> you have no idea why he's talking about him. He is all over the place. I like when he wears his hippie shirt up at CU. Yeah, that's you always know? perfect. And it's like, man, Bill is enjoying Colorado before he <laughs> called this CU game. Bill Walton. What a great character. We bump back there with the Derek Fisher shot against the Spurs. If you're an NBA fan, you'll remember it. Uh, Lakers, Spurs in the playoffs in the early 2000s. And Derek Fisher, catch, release, shoot with .4 on the clock. The Spurs beat the Lakers. Or excuse me, the Lakers beat the Spurs on their way to yet another NBA title. Now, the rule at that point, and I think it is still the rule, right? There has to be point three on the clock or more. See, I thought it was point four because it was the Derek Fisher rule. I thought, wasn't the original one, was it Trent Tucker from the Knicks who hit a shot when there was point one, And they're like, There's, you can't catch and shoot it. And they counted it. And then that's when they made the original rule. Okay. There didn't used to be any kind of rule. Of like, yeah, there has to be a certain amount of like time. Like point one was enough. Point one was enough. You right. could catch and shoot it. Nobody had stopped to think, well, that's physically impossible. And then I thought it became point three after Trent Tucker's shot, unless it's a tip-in, right? You could throw a sure. alley-oop and dunk it or, or tip it in, and you can do that in point one. I thought that was the case, but I'll, I'll do a little Googling. Oh, not right now. <laughs> little internet troubles in the office. We are expected to be joined by Derek Fisher any moment now here on the Vic Lombardi Show. James Merrillat, Will Peterson taking you in till 10. Vic on assignment on his way to the airport. He will be with us in the 9 o'clock hours. The Little Degenerates return with more NFL picks. Now, Derek Fisher's going on Dancing with the Stars. Or he's on already. He got like a 19 out of 30 in his oh, first Oh, he's already game. going? Yeah. Would you ever go on that show? No, because I can't dance. What reality sh- Is that a reality show? Do they consider that a reality show? Is that a game show? What is it? Like a contestant show, yeah. Okay, what show would game you... Game show, game show, that's the right word. What show would you fear going on the most? Fear? 
Yeah, like, oh my God, I'm not doing that. Fear factor? No, that, that's not that fearful. They like, made you, like, eat all kinds of crazy crap. Yeah, but that's not as bad as going on American Idol and having to sing and call, uh, Simon Cowell is there to rip you. True, and if you're bad enough, they will take you. And they'll put you on. And they, Yeah, they'll throw you on for everyone to embarrass I, you. I would rather dance than sing. I, I, I mean, I know I can't sing, but no one can sing, right? So why, why do you care? Dance is, if you can't dance, you kind of get judged, right? Yeah, but who's the former governor of Texas that was on there? Rick Perry? Yes. He was awful. They, 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 made, him, they made it work. Because here's the thing. The dude can just kind of stand there. There's a hot chick in a skimpy outfit. That can make you look fine. All right, joining us right now on the hotline is Derek Fisher. We are discussing Dancing with the Stars. Derek is on the show right now. Derek, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks so much. You're on here in Denver, Colorado with James Merrillat, Will Peterson, filling in for Vic Lombardi on the Vic Lombardi Show. All right, Derek, uh, how did the Dancing with the Stars thing come about? Uh, how excited were you when they approached you, and how much fun has it been so far? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, great questions. Actually, it, it, it really just kind of came about organically through, uh, um, like relationships and, and, um, my girlfriend is, is friends with someone that works, you know, on, on the show. And at that time, a few months back, they were kind of going through, you know, their casting kind of decisions and my girlfriend kind of lobbed it up in the air and they were like, sure, we'd love to have them. And so, that's kind of how it came together. And so um, it's been a lot of fun being a part of this show, man. It is it is a huge, huge, huge production. And, you know, there's a reason why. I mean, you think about it. There are no shows that have, you know, lasted 12, 13 years and, now, you know, now 25 seasons still going strong with no dip, you know, in the ratings. And so they, they know what they're doing. And um, so I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of it this season. Now, Derek, we had a local connection to a couple of seasons ago when Von Miller was on, and there was all the conversation about how how much work it is and how hard um, how yeah. hard during the week everybody has to kind of focus on things. And athletes have done really well on that show. I think Emmett Smith won. Jerry Rice did pretty well. Um, so, a couple a couple of questions here. One, tell us about the work. Is that all a bunch of hype, or do you actually actually have to work? And you feel pressure. As the athlete on the show, you know you got to represent well. Yeah, no, I, it's um, it's definitely work. But Von is correct, um, and Von and I train at the, at the same um, the same sports performance place here in LA when when he's in town in, in the off season. Uh, so we both know about work, and he's right. It, it's definitely a lot of work. Um, very very exhausting, but. Um, it, you know, obviously a different type of, of work and training. Uh, and, uh, you know, the athlete thing I do believe is like, you know, you definitely want to do well and represent well uh, for sure. And guys, you know, mostly football guys that have done well, you know, this it's basketball season. The, the Nuggets, I'm sure, started training camp. And so no basketball guys typically have the, the space to do the show. And so, uh, you know, we don't have a track record of doing well in this. And so I, I want to be the groundbreaking basketball athlete that, that does well on this show. So hopefully, you know, we'll get another chance, you know, week after week, and people will want to, you know, keep seeing us go out there and do our thing. 
We're talking to former NBA Garden head coach Derek Fisher here on the Vic Lombardi Show. Derek, we bumped back this segment with your shot against the Spurs. I, I figure you may have heard that a lot this morning. Point four seconds left on the clock. Al Michaels uh, has an incredible call. Take us through that shot. Is that is that one of the, the best moments of your NBA career, if not the best moment? And how did you get that off on time? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely one of the best moments uh you know, of, of my career, that was the first time I had been in that position as a pro player, um, you know, to have the ball in my hands with, you know, less than a second left uh, to make a shot to help the team win. Uh, so that was a big moment, you know, for the team and for me personally at, at that point in my career. And, um, you know, the, it was, like you said, it was an amazing experience uh, to be a part of that and, and just, you know, in terms of getting it off on time, it just all—it's amazing how it all had to work out because I'm—I'm I'm left-handed. So, and Gary Payton was taking the ball out, and so for it to all work out, for me to be able to catch it, have to turn in motion, but then it also, in my opinion, it probably created what is probably a split-second delay where the, the the people operating the clock, in order to see you know, exactly when I catch the ball to touch it, to shoot it, you know, the the split second it takes to actually push the button, once you see me catch it, that's, that's a part of the, the, you know, the human aspects of clock operators that take place. And, and you know, so that allowed for it to maybe be .416 seconds or whatever um, you want to say. But, you know, I got it off before the red light. And, um, you know, we were fortunate to get that win. And, and advance, you know, to the next round. But I, it's, I'm still pissed that we didn't win a championship that year. So I don't, I don't always like to talk, to talk about 2004 anyway. I <laughs> the, the Pistons went on to destroy us in the finals a couple of rounds later. <laughs> I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Well, uh, you know, Chauncey Billups was obviously a, a fan favorite here, and another guy who was a fan favorite for a long time it, it was Carmelo Anthony. And and Melo uh, obviously gets traded. He's in Oklahoma City now. You had a chance to to coach Carmelo in New York. Uh, gotta ask you, Derek. Nuggets fans are curious. What was it like coaching Carmelo Anthony in New York? And what are expectations that you think the Thunder can do with him this year? Yeah, no, I you know, I was obviously a a young coach and, and you know, trying to kinda of get my footing as well. So I for me personally, Carmelo was great to work with because I I didn't ever feel like he didn't allow for me to coach the team. Uh he didn't, you know, try and act like he was the franchise guy and, and not show respect to the head coach even though I was a young coach. Um so I, I enjoy working with Melo, and, and, and the journey for me every day with him was to try and continue to, you know, get the, help him get the best out of himself. You know, Melo's a, a guy that wants to be great. You know, he likes to compare himself to other greats. Uh, and, you know, part of that is, is helping be on, be on great teams. And I just tried to remind him of that every day. So I think in Oklahoma City, it's going to be great for him because, um, because he will be a part of an organization that from top to bottom, there's a very specific way things are done. And I think Melo being a part of that on a daily basis, all of the focus won't be on what he is or isn't doing. He'll be a part of a larger group of people that are focused on doing everything the right way. And I think he's going to fit into that well, kind of similar to when he goes on Team USA 
when he sees everybody else doing things a certain way, he's he's a product of his environment, and he falls into that very easily. Well, Derek, we know you're a busy man. know you're doing a media tour this morning, but we really appreciate a few minutes. Best of luck on Dancing with the Stars, and uh, go take it home for those uh, those NBA players, will you? I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me on. All right, thanks so much. There he goes, Derek Fisher, former NBA guard and head coach. Interesting stuff there on Mello. Uh, a lot of uh, were interesting words and phrases that he used to describe Mello. Certainly said he enjoyed coaching him, but said Mello thinks he's a star in this league and kind of stuff. Was was I just found it a little curious. I'll just say that. Yeah, it was. Uh, he, he chose his words carefully, but they still were interesting in what words he chose. Now, admittedly, I got a little distracted during the interview. Alright, then fill us in. What happened? Because Dom from Mix 100 came in with the box from Dunkin' Donuts. If you've been with us for the last 40 minutes, this has been the story of the morning. The Rockies have a huge weekend. The Broncos have a huge game. We talked to Derek Fisher, but the donuts have dominated the conversation. What's the update? So, there's the box that the dozen donuts came in. On the inside of the lid, there's a nasty note written to me. Wow, I can read that right now, but I can't read it on the radio. Yeah. Now, there are a grand total of two and a quarter donuts left, but there's only one full one, and it's that donut nobody ever gets. It's like the uh, like the white It's like stuff. the white. It's not a glazed donut. It's like a plain donut on 90% of it with a little bit of white frosting on top. It's yeah. like the donut for like the lamest person you've ever seen at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass, hard pass. Then you've got the powdered sugar cream-filled that has been cut in half, and then one of the halves has been rehabbed. So you have a half and you have a quarter just kind of floating in here. And we got a text about half a donut guy earlier, and this is what we're witnessing now. You have a half of a, another cream-filled with chocolate on top that is sitting cream side down so it looks like it was picked out of the trash can yeah. and put in here and then you have a random plastic fork and plastic knife so you're not going to touch any of these are you there's nothing in here i want to eat are you that hungry though that you may no. dive in i am more mad now than i was when i thought somebody ate them all well and the note says james bleep bleep i mean it wasn't a very friendly note that they wrote on the box either it's no. almost like they cut them up and left you the crappiest donut because they heard you in the hallways which i suspected they may Complaining about the donut situation. I would have to be the dumbest, most gullible person in the office to eat these donuts. Oh, you think something's been done to the donuts? Would that put, look at the note. Like the donuts are now contaminated? I took a picture of it and I was going to tweet it out. I'm not so sure I should tweet that out. I think if you blurred the words out, you'd be fine. Like, what am I, a graphic designer? I'm not a Photoshop guy. Just go to Instagram and use the blurry filter and then take a screenshot and then tweet it. There's a blurry filter on Instagram? Yeah, it's the one where you can either focus on the circle or, like, the linear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Focus on the donuts and blur that out. You'll still be able to see that. It's plain as day. It's written, like, in full-on blue Sharpie. Well, and Dom and Jeremy, the guys from Mix, came over in the middle of my question to Derek Fisher to give us the donuts. I'm like, I'm only talking to Derek Fisher here trying to have a coherent thought. You know, it's the Vic Lombardi show. He normally does the interviews, and here they are playing a prank on us with half a donut. I was totally distracted. So I will take a picture of these. You know what? I'm going to tweet out the photo right now of the donuts they left us. At James Merrillat on Twitter, you can see this if you've been following Donut Gate all morning. I mean, yesterday we talked about how it's the Vic Lombardi show. It's the Zach Brown band. Again, I'm trying to sound coherent to Derek Fisher, and we've got Donut Gate in our studio when the on-air light's on. It's a very clear sign not to come in, but no one ever reads it. 
Man, we are great. <laughs> We're just about kidding everything this today. morning. We're just what bad. else are we going to go off on in the next hour and 17 minutes? John on the text line chimed in. Are you guys going to ask Derek Fisher about Matt Barnes? He did keep mentioning his girlfriend. No, John. We're never getting anyone from that talent agency kept, back on these airways. If he we kept ask about bringing Matt it up. So there was a couple opportunities to say, wait a minute. Matt Barnes' wife got you on Dancing with the Stars? What, were you going to say that to Derek no, Fisher? No. But he did bring it up. Wait, is Matt Barnes' wife his new girlfriend? I think so. Really? Yeah, didn't he crash Matt Barnes's car with Matt Barnes's wife in the car with him? I mean, it's still his girlfriend. Could have been a one-night deal. You never know. No, this has been going on for a long time. I don't follow my Matt Fisher, Derek, or Matt Fisher, Matt Barnes, Derek Fisher love triangle that closely. Oh, I think it's been going on for a while. And if your girlfriend gets you on Dancing with the Stars through a friend of a friend of a friend, it's not like, oh, I just met her at, you know, the bar. You've been going out a while. So much to digest that just happened in the last 15 minutes. My mind is swimming. Uh, coming I'm up tweeting at, this out, all right, Coming up at 9 o'clock, we got Adam Mars from the Denver Stiffs. Tell us about Nuggets training camp. Have you heard the whispers? Emmanuel Moutier on fire at Nuggets camp. What do the Nuggets do at point guard this season? We'll talk to him about that NFL preview with the little degenerates. A lot of tension when they recorded their picks this week. I cut them up yesterday. Wait till you hear them today. Altitude 950. I won. I won. I won. <laughs> I won. I won. Ah, all the years I've waited for this. Years. I've been coming up here. I've never won. Never won once from now. I won. The money is mine. I have the money. The money is mine. I got it for the first time. I got the money. Just another classic scene. Vegas vacation, altitude 950 wants to send you to Las Vegas to see the Avs take on the Golden Knights. And guess what? You just heard it, 303-753-0950, be caller number three, and you are qualified, mixed to go to Vegas to see the Avs and Golden Knights on October 27th. Now, James, we've played a lot of Vegas vacation on this show. Yeah. I know it's your homework to rewatch it. Yes. Do you know the scene we just heard? Uh, I don't, actually. So it's the very end when Clark Griswold is out of money. He's burned the entire bank account of the family. Okay. And they find $2 to go play Keno. Because, uh, what's her name? Has Wayne Newton, his wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. has two bucks left. So they go buy a Keno ticket, right? And uh, the Keno ticket, they pick all their lucky numbers. You win like 70 grand if you win it. Yeah. And they start checking their numbers and... They don't win, but they were nice to the old guy next to him who's been playing there forever. He has the winning ticket. I won. I won. He dies. Gives him the ticket. Oh, okay. I do remember the that. The vacuum cleaner right. yeah, comes yeah, yeah, across yeah. Yeah, and he yeah, yeah. swipes it away. And then, so they get the money and then they drive home because Papa Giorgio's won four cars. Gotcha. I mean, you got to gotcha. rewatch gotcha. this. This is an American. Classic. I don't think they have Kino anymore. Really? No, I, I, with the last time I was there, I remember looking around going, I, I don't see Kino. It used to be like in all the restaurants and the, the buffet, and you, there was a Kino area. I don't think they do Kino anymore. 303-753-0950, caller number three. Uh, I got to give the callers credit. The, the phone lines lit up the second we played the clip. Continue to call, continue to try. Remember, we are qualifying 60 people for this. That was qualifier number 17, if my math is correct. So you still got 43 more shots. Yeah. Keep trying. Love to get everyone that we can into that grand prize drawing.
So we got three more today. And First then, week will be complete with 20 in the mix. All right, now let's do what we do every time this day, our buddy Marty. Let's party with Marty. Just hit a button, Marty. Give me a beat. Oh, man, okay, all right. Um. What's up, Marty? James, you were right not to eat that donut. I saw what they were doing with it in there. Oh, no doubt. I'm not an idiot, Marty. You did the right thing. Well, yeah. you got to fill us in. What happened? Uh... I think we should just throw it away. Is there a hazmat garbage anyway? What? Well, the box looks like it came out of the trash. The <laughs> the donuts look like they've been unspeakable things done to them. Um, there's no way I'm eating these donuts, but there's still there's two and a quarter donuts in here, which means we still have nine and three quarters to account for. We've we've got Dan had one. Supposedly, Bo and Jenny split one. Bo and Jenny split one. Okay, where are the other seven and a quarter? What did you find out? Mel had one. Uh, okay. Dom had two. What? Uh, some guy, Alex in sales, told me to uh, leave him alone. Um, <laughs> Michelle minute, did not have one. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dom had two? That's that's what I got that's here. the word on, on the, the street. How, caper. how on earth do you have a second one before everyone's had one? And then have the nerve that, to bring us two and a half two donuts. And a quarter. Let's not overstate two it. And two and a quarter that they've thrown away. In five different pieces, it's two and a quarter donuts. That is the most egregious office party foul to have seconds before everybody else on a morning show has had one. <laughs> it is awful. Dom is now in our window <laughs> playing the violin. After his double donut morning. And no, we're not falling for it, Dom. We're not going to eat. All right, here he comes. These donuts. Dan, let's get Dom on a mic here. I want to I wanna hear an explanation for uh, you what gotta, You got to hit your, your on button there, Dom, on your right. There you go. It's actually quite simple. If you <laughs> sports station guys would get your lazy sports butts out of bed a little bit earlier and come in when the rest of us come in and start punching the clock. Yeah. But no, you got to sleep in. <laughs> oh, I'll come dragging in at 7 o'clock. I can't possibly be at work by 5. It's what time the show starts. No, no, I was here at 6.15, and there was not a donut to be uh, found. Ask uh, the fine gentleman here. Dom did I, give me did one. Did I offer you a donut? Yeah, no, I, I told him. I told him he gave me one. And he enjoyed it. Now, is the rumor true that you had two? I had one and a half. Okay, so you had more than one. Yes. It was so good. <laughs> Were there any donuts that hadn't been mutilated when they brought them? Because this is the saddest-looking box of donuts of all this donut right here mm-hmm. that they could have that donut at dunkin donuts it's the same one they've had there for 17 years because nobody ever orders that one probably true that's why it's in the box being delivered yes to us. and it's the only full donut here because nobody's interested in that donut mm. the ones that i had were really good <laughs> really good <gasps> rubbing it in our yeah. face all so right and, and who wrote the message i did okay <laughs> all right it's not very nice <laughs> it was a collaborative <laughs> effort from me and jeremy Okay, good group effort, but mm-hmm. uh, not very nice. And no, I'm not falling for it. I There is no way on earth I'm eating those donuts. All right. You think we might have licked one or two of them? I think something like that probably went down. Sports! Hey, how big are the Broncos going to win this weekend? Uh, not to give it away, but I think the Broncos lose on Sunday. Oh! No, He's that's a, why you don't get donuts. I'm grumpy. He's a Debbie I Downer. A donut. There he goes. Dom, one of the donut culprits this morning. 
over at Mix 100. All right, we'll party with Marty here for a few minutes before we get to Adam Mars. Marty, what you got for okay, us this real morning? real quick. Jordan Norwood turns 30. I think his uh, career highlight here was obviously the 61-yard punt return in Super Bowl 50. He just announced his retirement a couple weeks ago. It's it, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history, I believe. That's correct. There's yeah. never been a punt return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Also correct. That should have been one. He Was it Todd Davis who didn't get the block at the end? Ran and, into and, one of his own guys and or allowed, something. Yeah. allowed somebody to catch him from behind. So that And the Broncos had to settle for a field goal on that drive. Jordan Norwood, uh, I'd like to remember him for Super Bowl 50. I will remember for his drops last year and he keeps lead pushing him. That's He's known for two things. That's what sticks out more. The punt return me. in Super Bowl 50 and getting shoved in the back by, or however he got shoved, by Aqib Tlaib. Enjoy your retirement, Jordan. All right, Marty. Retired at 30, not bad. Zach Galifianakis turns 48 today. He uh, obviously is most famous for his uh, run with the Hangover movies. But have you guys ever seen uh, the show called Between Two Ferns? Hysterical. No doubt. Very it's funny. So funny. I got a clip from it here from uh, with his interview with Justin Bieber. Hi, welcome to another edition of Between Two Ferns. My name is Zach Galifianakis. Um, my guest today is Justin Bieber. Thank you, Justin, for being on. It's uh, really exciting to talk to you, especially right in the middle of your public meltdown. Can I say anything? Yeah. I just have never interviewed a seven-year-old before, so. What was the last toy you got in a Happy Meal? There's <laughs> a, a lot of big names on there. John Hamm, Hillary Clinton, even Obama stopped by. It's a good show. Everybody should check it out. It's really good. And, you know, we've been playing those Vegas clips. There is a lot of Alan from The Hangover in those clips for our chance to win a trip to Vegas. So on this day, 2007, Will, I'm sure, James, you both remember this. Um, the Padres were one out away from clinching a playoff spot. Trevor Hoffman gave up a pinch hit triple to a kid he used to babysit, Tony Gwynn Jr. Padres lost this game, lost the next game, and then that forced game 163 with the Rockies. So much irony that Tony Gwynn Jr. ended or hurt the Padres' hopes of making the playoffs that last That, that wasn't year. the final game of the regular season? No, that was the Saturday game. Oh, okay. And then on Sunday, they lost as well. Because, I mean, I distinctly remember that. I remember the shot of Bud Black in the, in the dugout because he was the Padres' manager. I just, in my head, as the story has evolved over 10 years, I thought it was the final game of the year. But they still would have clinched with a win. On they, Sunday, they'd lost. Right. Well, they would have uh, could have clinched on Saturday, right? And they they lost, and then they lost again on Sunday. Correct to keep the Rockies alive. And now the Brewers, ironically enough, are the, are the team still chasing the now Rockies. There's a lot of weird storylines. Now here. I'm all stressed out again. Dang it! All right, Marty, cheer me up. Okay, that this got is me all worried. Up. 1993. This episode of Seinfeld made its debut. This is going to be the new look for the 90s. You're going to be the first pirate. <laughs> well, I don't want to be a pirate. That's yeah. a great one. Oh, that's a pirate. The pirate shirt. Is it? Is it uh, Kramer's girlfriend who is making shirts, and Jerry agrees to wear it on the right. uh, Kramer's Today girl- Show? Yeah, Kramer's girlfriend's a fashion designer. She's one of those low talkers, and yeah. couldn't hear what she was saying. And Jerry somehow agreed to wear this puffy shirt on the Today Show, and Brian Gumble just ripped them to shreds. So, <laughs> All right, so real quick, what, what, are, what are our birthdays? What else you got? Uh, we got Kevin Durant turns 29. Boom. No happy birthday to Kevin. Uh, yeah, no happy birthday. You know he was a credentialed photographer at Super Bowl 50? Did you uh, either of you guys see him there? Didn't see him. I hope he has a cupcake for his birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, turns 32 today. Uh, I'm still not convinced he's done, done. I was just going to say that. I'm not convinced either. 
I could see him coming back. And then Matt Kane turns 33 over the weekend, just announced his retirement. I was interested to see what uh, your guys' thoughts are on Matt Kane. You guys probably saw him a lot with him being in the Giants for. Yeah, you know, Matt Kane and Tim Lincecum for years. It was Kane and Lincecum. Kane and Lincecum gave the Rockies fits. Uh, kind of lost it towards the end, but he had a great run. Yeah, he did, but Matt Kane was always the other guy. To me, it was Lincecum, and then it was Bumgarner. It was like, who's the other guy? In there, in the mix, when they had all those really good pitchers, I never. I, you know, when you said Matt Kane, I thought he was the guy who played Superman. That was Dean Kane. Uh one one zero two says, "I love Party with Marty. Great addition addition to the show. The hazmat garbage line made me laugh out loud. Nice of you to have your relatives start texting that was, the show. Marty. That was my mom. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, no, mom. Good job today. Good job as usual. One of these days." We're going to get you your full time. Today it was interrupted by donuts. It's interrupted by something seemingly every day. We had Dom on our show. Yeah, that's true. Dom's a Denver legend. I grew up, he's going to hate hearing this, I grew up listening to Dom. I grew up listening to Dom too. He was just sitting next to me on the air basically telling me to pound sand. We should have gotten him to do a mind bender with us. He should have signed our wall. Yeah, exactly. He works eight feet away from us. That's the first time he's ever been in here. It's great. Uh, up next, Adam Mars from Denver Stiffs. Nuggets training camp in full swing. And what's going on with Emmanuel Moutier? Reports say he's on fire. We'll dive into it next on the Vic Lombardi Show. KKSE. Parker. Denver. Lock shot. Battle on these boards. Whatever we need, we pay the price. This is the home of your Colorado Avalanche. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Altitude 950 is your home for great sports talk. Has he been the most consistent Rockies pitcher? Most consistent. Uh, you I mean, know, I think like John being Gray, the John, skinniest kid at Fat Kid, right. but John Gray got hurt, so it's kind right. of hard to you know. If if we're counting injury against Gray, then yes, Marquez is the most consistent pitcher. Okay, and then Sunday. TBA. And now that's based on do you need it or don't need it. Right. It's who, who would be the scheduled starter? If it was just if it was Chatty. middle of the year, it'd Chatty. be it'd, it'd be Chatwood. Yep. Okay. Well that tells you all you need to know about what they think of Tyler Chatwood. Well, it's home Chatwood. Uh he has Yeah, but if they were if they were confident in Tyler Chatwood, he'd be the starter on Sunday they'd announce it. No, I think it's if you need to win, it's going to be John Gray or Tyler Anderson cuz they don't have any confidence in Tyler Chatwood. Well, isn't there a difference between not having confidence and also knowing the other two are better? That doesn't mean they don't totally believe in Tyler Chatwood. Would it shock you if they get to L.A. if Tyler Chatwood start in Game 1 or Game 2? It would shock me if he starts Game 1. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show. Vic on assignment on his way to the airport. Should be through security any second now. We'll do our NFL preview with him coming up. The Little Degenerates, of course, as well. James Merrillat, Will Peterson with you until 10. Right now, we'll go to the hotline, bring in our friend Adam Mars from Denver Stiffs. Nuggets training camp in full swing up in Boulder. Adam, nice enough to join us this morning. Adam, what's up, man? Hey, not a whole lot. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing really well. Thanks uh, for a few minutes. All right, we got to start with these stories that I'm reading from up in Boulder, and i got to admit they're getting me extremely excited because Emmanuel Moutier, who uh, by all accounts had a tough year last year, a little bit of a sophomore slump, is off to a fire start this year. He looks a little slimmer, lost some weight. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier looks poised for a big year, and I know that's a lot to say on September 29th, but you've been around this team a lot in the last few days. Uh, is the Emmanuel Moutier hype real, and, and what do you expect from Moutier this season? 
Well, I can tell you I've heard it from multiple different people, including players, coaching staff, front office personnel. So I, I think he has been the standout of the first couple days of practice. You mentioned he looks slimmer, and there's two guys that I think stand out, uh, you know, just looking at them, you know, physical changes from last April to now, and that's Trey Lyles and Emmanuel Moutier. Moutier really looks lean and cut and, and just in the best shape that I've seen him in. And, uh, you know, because of the last two seasons where Moutier has struggled and the Nuggets have, have you know, allowed him to make a lot of mistakes, and then last year they, they pulled him out of the rotation, I think he's not only going to have to play well, he's going to have to really outperform Jamal Murray, Jameer Nelson, because I think he kind of starts with a little bit of a handicap just based off of what we saw the last two years. So the fact that he's been the storyline so far out of, out of training camp, I think that votes really, really well for him. Yeah, and that dovetails into what I wanted to talk to you about, and that's the backcourt. And Vic and, and Will got tired of listening to me rail about this all season long of the minutes Jameer Nelson was getting because I was a proponent of, hey, you got to play Jamal Murray, you got to play Emmanuel Moutier, you got to develop these guys, you get better being on the on the floor. It is a crowded backcourt. Maybe you hinted there of what the answer is going to be, but how do you see it shaping up? Am, am I am I going to be pulling out my hair again on the Jameer Nelson front this season? <laughs> you might be. Uh, I predicted that going into camp that that Jameer would be the backup, and one of those two guys, most likely Moutier, would be you know third in line and not playing most games. So I still think that's that's a real possibility. You know, last year the Nuggets, the first six seven weeks of the season really cost the Nuggets the playoffs. They missed out by one game, but they struggled out of the gate really bad. And a lot of the reason they struggled was because of Emmanuel Moutier. And I think. Not that Jameer Nelson is the future or anything like that, but you know what you get out of him. With Jamal and with Emmanuel, and, and really with young point guards in general, not just not just those two guys, but young point guards in general, you don't know what you get night to night. There's a lot of inconsistency. There's a lot of learning and figuring it out. So I think one of the issues the Nuggets are going to face and one of the risks Malone is going to have to calculate is Jamal is the, and, and Moutier likely the face of the future or the faces of the future. Jameer is not, but but can you afford those bad games that rookies and second year and third year players have, you know, every third night or so at the point guard position? Can you afford that? Can the rest of the, the roster kind of carry them? And I don't know the answer to that. I suspect that he'll lean on Jameer Nelson as the steadying hand, and so he will be playing at backup minutes. But like I said, if Emmanuel Moutier not just outperforms him, but outperforms him by a wide margin, I, I think that's the only way he can really break into the rotation and, and, and get consistent minutes. Yeah, I would probably agree with you. My contention, Adam, was that you're gonna, you gotta get those nights out of your system at some point. And this is a team that I think you're looking at, hey, in 2019, 2020, whatever, a couple years down the road, when the big three develops, all right, you really got, you really have something. I, I think they kind of got caught up in the, in the short term. We got to try and get the eight seed last year and maybe stunted some growth a little bit. That said, they were chasing the eighth seed last year. What do you think is a realistic expectation for this team this year? I think realistic, anywhere from the sixth seed to the eighth seed is realistic. And I think the sixth seed to the eighth seed in the, in the West is going to be separated by one, two, three games. It's going to be pretty close. Um, but I think they're a playoff team this year. I think they, if they miss out on the playoffs, I think they will have underachieved because I think they're one of the eight best teams in the Western Conference. There's going to be those obstacles, the question mark. We already talked about the point guard position, but the small forward position also. Wilson Chandler is there. Behind him are some players that aren't really 
small forwards. Watch Hernan Gomez is more of a four. Trey Lyles more of a four. Will Barton more of a two. So there are some questions about uh, about how the roster will piece together and who who will be there. We all heard Kenneth Fareed's comments at training camp that he's a starting caliber player. Where on this team he might not even be a backup caliber pl- player because he has to fit alongside Mason Plumley in the second unit, and those two guys just don't fit. I don't think very nicely next to each other. So um, the rotation, and there's still a lot of questions with this team, but I think I think they clearly have uh, top eight talent in the West, and that means they they need to make the playoffs or else they'll underachieve. Adam, let's dive into Kenneth Farid a little bit. Uh, James and I had him on on this very show at Media Day. Kenneth was great. Uh, I thought he was one of our best interviews of the day. He came over. Uh, he was in a good mood. He was talking about accepting his role. He was talking about how he blocked Westbrook uh, to force overtime. And if the only thing he's asked to do is to block Westbrook to force overtime, he'll do it. And then he goes over to the group session and he he starts talking about how he's he's a starter in this league and twenty nine other teams and and that kind of stuff. Right. And and I got to be honest, it it surprised James and I because. The vibe we got from Kenneth in our interview versus some of the quotes we were reading in the group sessions uh, were different, to, ju- to just be frank and honest. Uh, what is Kenneth Fareed's role on this team, and uh, how can he help them win this year uh, by accepting that role? It's such an interesting case because Kenneth Fareed and Nikola Jokic last season were the best two-man pairing the Nuggets had. When those guys were on the court, their offense was just through the roof. Their defense was good for them. It was, it was a kind of an average defense, but for the Nuggets, that's good. Uh, that was just a great pairing. The problem was every other front court pairing with Kenneth Freed was horrible. So you kind of had this interesting situation where if you could pair him along Nikola Jokic, you're good, and, and you had to be really careful when he played. Well, obviously, Paul Millsap is the starter. They brought him in. He's an all-star. That's the, he's going to be the starter. So a lot of those minutes with Jokic now are going to belong to Millsap. Now you talk about fit, and Malone talked about this a lot at camp. The backup power forward position is going to be more about fit than about talent. And I think Kenneth Freed is the most talented guy. He's got he's got that incredible athleticism, one of the quickest and most explosive jumpers in the NBA. He plays with 100% effort. Um, but I just don't think he pairs with that second unit. Mason Plumlee can't shoot the ball outside of five feet. Kenneth Freed can't shoot the ball outside of five feet. You start to clog the lane and, and create some problems for your offense when those two are in alongside each other. So I'm not sure what his role is. And, you know, to get back to his, his comments at, at Media Day, I'm actually, I saw a lot of people kind of throw up their arms. And I actually didn't mind what he said. I thought, you know, he said he's a starter in this league, and that's probably true for some teams. He's, he's got that, he's, he started for a playoff team in the past, so we know he can do it. And I think what he was saying was, look, if I'm not going to fit on this roster, I'm too good to be sitting on the bench, then, then you can deal me. But he also said, and this was the important part, he said, if I'm here, if I'm, you know, if I'm still here and I'm only playing five minutes a game, you're going to get the hardest five minutes you know, I can give you. So I don't think he's going to be a, a, an anchor or a distraction or anything like that. I think he's just letting it known that if he's not part of the team's plans, they, they, they should send him somewhere where the team needs him. No, and, and that's that's certainly interesting to hear him say, and I think it kind of ties into what was the theme, at least on media day. I'm curious if it's been the theme at um, during training camp so far, and that's defense. We had Will Barton on. I asked him, hey, what's the biggest weakness of this team? He said defense. Coach Malone talked about defense, yeah. defense, defense. That's what they need to improve. Is this one of those things that everybody knows it and it's easy to say, 
or do you see there being some, this being something that, nope, we're making a, a conscious effort. This is what we have to get better at, and we're going to stick to to working on this throughout the season. How do you see this whole defensive uh, deficiency thing shaping up? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, people always ask me what can they do to clean up their defense, but the truth is their defense is, has issues all over the court. It's, it's not, you know, they need to improve the pick-and-roll defense or they need to, you know, get a better this guy or that guy. Everybody on the roster, when they're on the floor, has deficiencies on the defensive end, and they, they struggled in pick-and-roll defense. They struggled in closeouts. They struggled in isolation. So I, I, their, their defense just has to rise across the board. But I think when you look at the roster last year, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic all starting at the end of the season. Those guys are all 22 and under. Uh, you know, I think just with experience and, and better conditioning and, and, and just growing up, they're going to become better. You add Paul Millsap to the mix, and, and obviously he's an all-defensive team type player. I think you're going to see at least marginal improvement from the team. But the problems and, and the issues they faced last year were so so massive and so across the board that I don't think you can expect them to, to turn into the Spurs. I think they were 29th in defense last year. I think trying to get to 20th in defense this year is a reasonable and realistic goal. Uh, because we know their offense is going to be top five in the NBA. It's just such a it's such a well-oiled machine that if they can get to the top 20 defense, they'll be a very good team. Last one for you, Adam, before we let you go. Quickly, ESPN comes out with their uh, top 100 rankings. Nikola Jokic checks in at number 16. Uh, I think it's fair because I've watched the guy. Uh, all of Denver Nuggets fans have watched the guy, but the rest of the NBA who doesn't pay as close of attention may think, man, 16 for Nikola Jokic is high. Uh, do you think Nikola Jokic is the 16th best player in the NBA? You know, I, I, I love him up there, and, and I've, I've said he's a top 20 player at the end of the last season, and I probably would have had him somewhere right at 20th. Uh, but, but to defend the 16th ranking, here's what you have to know. The Nuggets were a very average or below-average offense. Once you put him on the floor, they became the best offense in the NBA, better than the Warriors with all of that superstar talent. When Nikola Jokic was on the floor for the last four months of the season, when he was the starter, the Nuggets were the number one offense. And I think going through clips and just watching him play, I think that's not a fluke. I think the Nuggets are always going to be a top offense when he's on the floor, almost regardless of who you throw out there. He's kind of like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady where he just orchestrates the offense you know, throw you a football metaphor there. He's kind of just orchestrates the offense so that it just hums when he's on the floor. So I think he is a top 20 talent. I would have loved for him to have been ranked 30th so he can, you know, still sneak up on on people. But I guess this is the year where he's no longer sneaking up on people. He's he's an established star. Adam, great stuff as usual. Read him over at Denver Stiffs. And uh, we always appreciate your time. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. There, there he goes, Adam Mars from Denver Stiffs. A lot of great stuff. Get you excited about the Nuggets. I mean, if, if Moutier can take another leap and you, you have him and Murray, if Jokic is the 16th best player in the NBA, if Kenneth Fareed embraces his role, if Paul Millsap is everything you paid him to be, if Gary Harris continues to become a better defender, if Will Barton and Mason Plumley and Wancho and Malik are coming off the bench, I mean, the ceiling for this team is high. It's very high, no doubt. It is, and it was curious. You didn't mention one player in there, and I'll quit banging that drum. Leave it at that. (laughs) You got the Vic Lombardi Show. Up next, our NFL preview on Altitude 950. Now, back to Vic Lombardi.
920 on this Friday morning in Denver, Colorado. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show. James Merrillat, Will Peterson taking you until 10, doing our NFL preview here. And we've got Vic on the line. Vic, are you safely in the confines of DIA at your gate? Yes, sir, boys. I'm at gate to A42. That's A42. Getting ready for our trip to Knoxville with my boys from high school. We've got Joe Carmasino here, Sean Hart, and Rich Apple, also known as Dick Apple. Rich Apple's there? Rich Apple's yeah. a real guy? Yes, yeah, right here. He's right in front of me. Now, do you fly directly to Knoxville, or do you have to like make a connection or drive? No, or we're, going, we're going straight to Knoxville. Okay. We're going straight to, I, I got into a little bit of a kerfuffle with the attendant at Frontier <laughs> for the uh, $45 uh, fee for my baggage. That was an issue. No, but I'm, it's okay. I'm sure it was. All righty. Sure well, we will go ahead and do our NFL preview featuring the whole casting crew here. Yeah. Here. Go. Fire up Red Zone. It's almost time for another NFL Sunday. All right, first game. That game's a wake-up call for us. We can't just we can't just roll it out there and expect it to happen. Um, you know, we've got to prepare, uh, and we've got to be ready each and every game because it, it, do, it doesn't matter who your opponent is, whether they've won one game, zero games, or, or ten games. Uh, you can lose each and every week in this league, uh, and it, it's done. I mean, you just look at the scores each week, and uh, there's an underdog winning, uh, you know, and there's somebody getting blown out, uh, and, and that happened to us today. So it, it should be a wake-up call. Uh, for, for our entire team that we, we got to get it together. That's Jay Cutler going on and on about a wake-up call against the Jets after they got their butts kicked. They are in London against the Saints this weekend. Vic, who you got? Uh, who's the game again? And by the way, tell Dan I can't hear the net sound in my ear, so that's a factor in the outcome of these picks. What's the game again? Uh, the game is Miami and New Orleans in London. Miami and New Orleans in London. The fact mm-hmm. the game that played in London always changes things. Always changes the way these results. I mean, who would expect Jacksonville to beat Baltimore the way they do? I'm going to take. I'm going to take New Orleans. Give me the Saints. Uh, I'm not off the Jay Cutler train quite yet, and I think New Orleans overachieved last week. Give me Miami. I think the Dolphins uh, have a bounce back week after looking so bad. I think they go over to London and shine. I'm taking say hey Jay. And the Dolphins. All right, it's our favorite part of the week. They may be young, but they know their stuff. It's the Little Degenerates. Dolphins, they didn't impress me last week. And the Saints have a pretty good offense, so I'm going to go with the Saints. All right, they take the Saints, so we split that one. Vic, can you hear now? Yeah, all good, brother. I love hearing those kids. They're so smart. They're so much better than we are. <laughs> Next game. They've done a great job. I mean, they're playing well. Uh, we had a couple plays today that got away from us. Um, but they're re- a resilient bunch. They really are. I mean, if it's not the front getting after the quarterback, somebody else is, um, you know, making a big playoff play play for us in the back seven. So, um, you know, they play as a team, which that's how you play good defensive football. You play as a team, and they do a good job of feeding off of one another and really just doing their job, being 111th of the defense. That's Sean McDermott, head coach of the Buffalo Bills. They go to Atlanta 3-0 and Falcons. This will be a popular eliminator pick this week. Uh, fellas, I'm going to hand the phone over to my good buddy Dick Apple to make this pick for me. So say hello to him real quickly. Hi, Rich. Rich Apple, how are you? Great. How you guys doing? Good. You're on Altitude 950 in Denver right now. Outstanding. All right, Rich. Do you like Buffalo at Atlanta, or do you like the Falcons uh, winning on their home field? Oh, I definitely love the Falcons at home. 
All right, Rich Apple, the Rich Apple special. He likes the Falcons at home. Uh, this is a trap game for the Falcons for eliminator picks for suicide pools, whatever you want to call them. Atlanta is two plays away from being one and two. Buffalo looked good last week against the Broncos defense. Give me the Bills. Buffalo stinks, which makes it all that much more embarrassing that the Broncos lost to them. The Falcons are the defending NFC champs for a reason. They're three and zero. Oh. I will take Atlanta. How about the kids? I think the Bills is a good pick. All right, there we go. Think the Bills Bills? is a good pick. Okay, all right. (laughs) By the way, for the first time all year, I made a column for Kyle Keefe, and he hasn't texted us his his picks. Frustrating. I'm done. I'm done with him. (laughs) Next game. We obviously played better. We scored a touchdown. So, but you know, at the end end of the game, we got to find a way to put that away. Um, We know what kind of offense they have, and we know um, what Aaron can do, and. So, unfortunately, we had to slip on third down. Um, obviously, it was good we got we got the field goal made, but we left too much time for him. That is fellow Ginger Andy Dalton talking about how they almost beat the Packers but didn't. Bengals and Browns both 0-3. Obviously, desperation time for each team. I'm, I'm not going to make this pick until you properly pronounce the word Bengals. I mean, that's a joke. I mean, you're, you're, how old are you? You're almost 30 years old. <laughs> 27. <laughs> The Bengals? It's not even on the top 20 list of things he can't pronounce, though. Uh, how do you say it, Vic? It's Bengals. Bengals. Bengals? Bengals. This is, Bengals? Not, uh, old, this is a, not an all-girls band from the 80s. <laughs> Are you taking the Bengals or the Browns, Vic? I'll take the Bengals. Uh, they almost beat, uh, who they almost beat? Green, Green Bay. Bay. Last week. I, I think they're on their way back. Give me the Bengals. Yeah, I've picked against the Browns all year. I'm not going to stop now. Even though since he's bad, I will take them. I don't want to get into how you pronounce things, so I'm just going to say they're Cincinnati. I'll take Cincinnati over Cleveland. How about the kids? I think the Bengals will actually take it. Okay. Why? Just because. Okay. Just because. <laughs> Why? Just because. Just because. All righty, next game. Uh, but as much as anything else, he's got an amazing spirit, uh, and, and it's contagious, and, and our players follow him. Not only our offensive players, but our entire team. Uh, when you demonstrate that fight at that position again and again and again, uh, and, and demonstrate that leadership um, and that guidance to your teammates, it's pretty special. And I think, uh, I think you did that all night long tonight. Very intriguing NFC game this weekend. The L.A. Rams go to Dallas. That's Jason Garrett talking about Dak Prescott. Rams-Cowboys, Vic, pretty good game in week four. Uh, Cowboys found their stride last week somehow. I'll take the Cowboys at home. Uh, I actually lean towards L.A. in this. I, I just think the Cowboys are primed for an 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, kind of year. I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys are great. I think they're pretty good at home, though, so I will take the home team, but I'm really curious to see how Jared Goff looks against that Dallas secondary after we saw what Trevor Simeon did against them. So I'll take the Cowboys. Kids? I think the Rams are going to beat this one. Way better defense, better offense, and yeah, yeah I think the Rams are going to beat the Cowboys this week. Man, he had a pack of heaters before yeah. that pick. Uh, Got a tough defense. <laughs> Jim Leland in making the picks this week. Uh, All right, got a couple more games here before our first break. It's a marathon, not a sprint. 
I mean, this is you know, we're, we're, we uh, got a lot of football to play yet, and that's really what we focus in on. I think everybody gets you know you can look at it and weigh in and act as if it's the end of the world. It's not. You know, you got to look at where you are and keep playing. Our first quarter's not even over yet, wet yet in terms of the number of games. So, um, you know, we got to find a way to get better. Jim Caldwell on Lions Vikings this weekend. Both sit at two and one in the NFC North. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Uh, I lean towards them too. Case Keenum had a fluke game last week. Uh, I'm going to pull a Manchester. When in doubt, look at the quarterbacks. It's Matthew Stafford versus Case Keenum. I'm going to break my own rule in this one, and, and I'm not 100 percent sure why. I think it's Minnesota's defense at home, but I'm going to take the Vikings. Uh, how about the kids? The Lions also were really close to winning. They actually did win, but then got called back. So I'm going to go with the Lions. Talking about that Lions tough loss to Atlanta. We didn't like that call at all. Thinks Not at all. They won't skip a beat. Uh, next game involves the Patriots and Tom Brady. I've been blessed to be in a locker room with guys from all over the United States over the course of my career. Some of my great friends are from, you know, Florida, you know, uh, Virginia, you know, New York, Montana, Colorado, Texas. I mean, I think one thing about football is it brings so many guys together, guys that you would never have the opportunity to to be around, whether it was in college uh, and all the way into the pros. And we're all different and we're all unique. And, you know, that's what makes us all so special. Brady's bunch barely escapes the Texans last week. They welcome in Cam Newton and the Panthers this week. The spread is New England minus nine. Vic, can you make any sense of that? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm looking at my good friend Dick Apple's legs right now, and they're so white. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, like, horrifying. Dick, you like New England this week? Yeah. He's taking the Patriots. Uh, I think the Patriots almost burned a lot of folks last week, us included. Guess what? Cam Newton's a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson. Give me the Panthers in Foxborough. Uh, I am going to take the Patriots at home until they show me that that's not the way to go. Well, they lost um, at home in week one. Did they win last week at home? Barely. Again, let me finish the thought. I'll take New England. Uh, next, or kids pick. The Patriots. They've just been doing phenomenal. I feel like that they can beat the Panthers and they're going to take Kids are taking the Patriots. Three or four on the Patriots. All right, Todd Bowles says he's trying to get where? Well, we're trying to win anyway. Like I said, we block all that stuff out. That, that has nothing to do with our motivation to win. We're trying to win ball games because we want to get to the Super Bowl, not because we don't prove people wrong. That's extra motivation, but, you know, we're competitive and we're going to compete every week. Todd Bowles has Super Bowl aspirations for the New York Jets. They host Jacksonville this weekend. Victor? Gosh, I'm thinking about it. Um, Jacksonville's pretty good. I mean, maybe they're better than we thought. I will take the Jags. Uh, In New York, the Jets bounce back nicely against the Dolphins. Uh, I think they'll keep it going this week. They may not be as bad as we think. I'll take the Jets. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think the Jets are as bad as we think, but I do think Jacksonville is as good as we think. I will take Jacksonville on the road to beat the Jets. How about the little degenerates? Next we have the Jaguars and the Jets. This is a tough one. So, but you have to pick. <laughs> okay. okay, he goes Jaguars. The tough one. There's no. You can't pass. You have to. You have to make a pick. Who'd they go with? Jacksonville. It was funny because the little ones started and then the older ones finished it up for him. Then. And they went with the Jags. Hey, uh, shout out to Miss Lawrence's fifth grade class. They've they've tuned in. Uh, they're checking us out tonight or today. So uh, they're checking out the little degenerates picks. Wow, very cool. 
Uh, boys are celebrities in Miss Lawrence's yeah, fifth grade class. Apparently. Who's the kid who needs to pay his bet? Uh, Eddie is the name we use. His na- real name isn't Eddie, uh, and he still has not paid the bet. Yo, Eddie, pay up. Vic, you cool to hang out for a few more picks on the other side? Yeah, make it happen. I'm like at 7% right now. All right, we'll, we'll try to hurry up. You got the Vic Lombardi show on Altitude 950. Next we have the Bills and the Valkyries. This is a tough one. I think the Bears. The Bears and the Bills and Falcons. Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show. Our NFL preview rolls on here on Altitude 950. Vic, how is your phone battery hanging in there? Oh, we're good. We're actually on the plane right now, and these seats just... I mean, I'm a small man. We've established that. I mean, I'm giant in these seats right now. An absolute monster. It's amazing how small they are. Go on. All right, we'll continue with our next game, Big Ben. Ben, what changes would you like to see with the offensive role? The quarterback needs to play better. It seems like you really took last week personally. Why is that? Because I didn't play well enough to win. Um, I, I feel like we lost the game because of me, um, because I didn't play well enough. It's not on anyone else. That's how I felt. That's what you got to do is you got you to own it, and I'll own it because if I play better in that game, then I, I feel we win the game. And if I play better in the first two weeks, then we're going to score our points and we're going to have a more productive offense, and we don't have to answer questions about why our offense isn't where it is. Men says he's not playing well through three weeks. Steelers have a big rivalry game in Baltimore this weekend. How in the name of Rocky Blyer did the Steelers lose to the Chicago Bears? I still don't understand that. That that leads me to believe there's something, there's some flaw there. And Baltimore's coming off a devastating loss in London. Give me the Ravens at home, please. Uh, I think the Steelers will bounce back. Too many big pieces on that offense. Still don't think we've seen the best from them uh, or even close this year. I will take Pittsburgh. I'm with Vic. I I think Pittsburgh is vastly overrated. They barely beat the Browns. They lost to the Bears. They're going on the road. I'm a little worried about Baltimore coming back from London, but I like the fact that they got to be wanting to bounce back from that 44-7 beatdown. Boy, I I, I don't feel good making this pick, but I'm taking Baltimore at home. How about the boys? I think that this is going to be actually a tight game, but I think that the Steelers are going to win this one. All right, we're split down the middle on that one. Two Steelers, two Ravens. Next up, Mike Malarkey. I've played them. You know, I, I've I've made I made it pretty clear from Monday on uh, what this is going to be about. I've played them enough times to know um, how they play, and uh, so do we. So <laughs> I knew it was going to be that kind of game. That's Mike Malarkey talking about how often he plays the Texans. He is, of course, the head coach of the Titans. Titans-Texans this weekend in an AFC South matchup. Oh, man, that's a tough pick for me. I really struggled over this one because Tennessee, give me Tennessee. I think Deshaun Watson has maybe turned a corner. I know it's one game, but doing what he did in Foxborough, uh, impressed the hell out of me. I'm not sure Tennessee is all that good. I am taking Houston. I think this is one of the more interesting games of the week. Really uh, going to be a good one to watch. I think it's a flip of a coin game. I flipped the coin. It came up Houston. Give me the Texans. Little degenerates. I'm going to go Texans because, you know, they were really close to beating the Patriots. And Deshaun Watson, he was really good. Oh. Sounds like I did cut yeah. this sound up yesterday. I may have <laughs> stolen my pick there. Uh, all right, moving on to Carson Palmer. 
think he'd be anybody's target of choice. You know, the, the touchdown route was, was great. We just had him in two other one-on-one -on -one situations with his big body on a small body. And, you know, I, I love that matchup, whoever that guy is, as long as um, he's got that size advantage because he can jump and make those kind of plays. Two bad football teams and the Cardinals and the Niners meet in the desert. Vic, who you got? I just don't like his monotone voice. I'm almost, I almost want to pick against the Cardinals because of that monotone. But I'll go with the Cardinals. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan gets his first one this weekend. I think the Cardinals are destined for a crash and burn type season. I'll take the Niners. I'm with you. I don't like the Cardinals. I think they stink. I think San Francisco has had 10 days to get ready for this after that Thursday night shootout with the Rams. They played Seattle tough in Seattle. They go into Arizona and get the win. How about the kids? The 49ers are going to be the Wow. Three of us picking the road winless Niners. 49ers Crazy. over the Cardinals. Uh, all right, we've got the L.A. Chargers on deck. They fought hard. They finished the game. It just it wasn't good enough. It just wasn't good enough in all three phases. And you might say we're the same old Chargers, but right now we are. Until we prove it differently, we are. So we got to go back to work, and we got to get better as coaches and players. That is Anthony Lynn talking about the 0-3 Chargers. They host Philly this week. Philly's got to go all the way to the West Coast. I guarantee they won't be the 0-4 Chargers. Give me the Chargers at home in that sandbox of a stadium. Uh, I actually think the Chargers could be another team that has a crash-and-burn type year. I think Phillip Rivers uh, might be done after this season. It's been that bad. I think Philly goes into the soccer stadium and wins. This is another flip of a coin. I have, I've gone back and forth, back and forth. I have a hard time seeing the Chargers go to 0-4. By the same token, I have a hard time picturing in my head the Chargers actually winning because they've lost eight in a row, which is pretty amazing. I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm going to plug my nose while doing it. How about the boys? I think I'm going to go with the Chargers. They just have a better quarterback and... Yeah, better receivers. I just think they're the better overall team. They know how to pick games. Yeah, going with the QB. Better quarterback. Better quarterback. I'm All not right. sure they do, actually, but I, I, I see where they're going. We're coming down to the wire on week four. Jameis Winston talking about setbacks. Uh, well, I'm, I'm excited to see how we will bounce back uh, next week against the Giants. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, sometimes it's good you know, to have some setbacks. That's uh, James Winston after their terribly disappointing loss in Minnesota. They host the putrid New York Giants this weekend. Man, you know, the Giants actually looked somewhat decent last week. Tampa looked like crap. That's a tough game. Three is the number. Give me Tampa. Tampa's only had one home game, and in that home game, they won big. I think last week uh, is not going to become a trend for them. I like Tampa, and I like Tampa big. Yeah, the Giants kind of figured things out offensively in the second half last week, but, boy, for the other two and a half games they've played this year, they've been anemic. I don't think they go on the road and get a win. I'll take the Bucks. The little degenerates are the leaders in this pool for a reason. Who do they have? I think the Buccaneers. That's, that's, that's a great take pick. It. Yeah. It's a great pick. I don't even know who they picked. Who they they picked the Buccaneers. Okay. Great pick. It's a great pick. <laughs> All right, Chuck Pagano and his struggling Colts up next. We're excited to get a win, but uh, we got to learn how to finish. And, and we let one slip away two weeks ago, and uh, we almost did the same thing. So we're going to enjoy, you know, uh, winning because we know how hard it is. Uh, but we gotta, we've got to do better, and we will do better.
Another popular popular eliminator pick this weekend will be Seattle hosting the Colts on Sunday Night Football. Vic, what do you think? Seahawks, move on. I got 3% left on my phone. Got 3%. All right, uh, I'm going to take the Colts because I want my eliminator pool to get wiped. I don't want to come in on Monday and have to put a cross through IND and say, what the heck was I thinking? Give me Seattle. How about the boys? I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think that the Seahawks are going to win it. Seahawks with a click of the glass afterwards. That confident. Uh, All right, we'll wrap up with the Broncos like we always do. Here's Brandon Marshall. Lance will keep it real with you. You know, he came in and, and, and he plastered uh, the word truth around uh, around the building. He, he's, he's a big proponent on, on, on keeping it real, uh, telling the truth, and, and, and that's what we do, man. And uh, he demands the best out of us, but he's a player's coach as well. So to have him to have him there, you know, and that, he definitely understands us, you know, our bodies too. So. All right, Vic, it's the pick everyone's been waiting for. You've been telling us all week it's going to be the Broncos, your final decision here. Well, let me ask my good friend Dick Apple. Raiders, Broncos. Dick, <laughs> this, is, this is easy, right? Yeah, Broncos. I mean, I saw that last Monday. I mean, this is a Broncos win, guys. It's not going to be that hard. Everything that you saw go wrong in Buffalo, it'll go right against the Raiders. I think it's a 10-point win at home. For the Denver Broncos. All right. Uh, I lean towards the Broncos, too. They've been really good at home this year. The Raiders looked really bad last week. I think it'll be close. I think Denver's defense will make a game-sealing play at the end. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to speak the truth, just like Brandon Marshall said Vance Joseph likes to do. Much as I hate to say it, the Oakland Raiders will come into Denver and start October off on a bad note for the Broncos. How about the boys? I thought Trevor Simeon was going to do good, but nope. Not really a shocker. Raiders are going to win this. <laughs> Vic, who do you think they listen to at the dinner table? It's unbelievable. You, you're brainwashing. I'm calling social services. Let them think on their own, would you? Let them be themselves. Ice cream oh, all around at the Maryland House this weekend. <laughs> Vic, safe travels to Knoxville, man. We'll see you on Monday morning. Great. I still have no idea why I'm going to the Deep South for this game, but uh, we'll talk Monday. Bye, all right. guys. Have fun. Good. There he goes, Vic Lombardi, off to Knoxville with uh, Dick Apple and the boys. A couple headed, other guys. The only one I remember is Dick Apple. Yeah, headed there for the weekend, watch Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, early flight back Sunday, though. He'll be on the Orange and Blue preview uh, with Nate and Ryan and uh, at the Broncos game Sunday against the Raiders. Hopefully, we're not focused on the Rockies at all. Strictly Broncos Raiders. That is the hope. Now I'm nervous again. You brought it up. Now I'm nervous again. Tonight's the big night. I am anxious. I got butterflies for a Friday night game on September 29th. God, I was, I was just finally getting calmed down, Will. Thanks a lot. A few texts coming in. John says, are we about to hear the flight attendant go off on Vic for being on the phone? He was borderline. Yeah. He was on the plane for an entire segment. I mean, that's 12 or 13 minutes. Sure, the people around him were thrilled. Uh, Adam says, James has his little degenerate smoking heaters and drinking wine. Awesome. <laughs> there was the clink of a glass. You didn't add that in? No. They did that? No. I, you know, I edit these every week, and I heard the clink right after the pick. I'm like, we're keeping the clink. Well, the 8-year-old smokes the Marlboro Reds. The 11-year-old's drinking the Chardonnay. It's now, all good. Now, there was a little controversy with the Seahawks-Colts pick. Wait till we go to break here and you hear this. You got the Vic Lombardi show on Altitude 9. Now, back to Vic Lombardi.
Welcome back to the Vic Lombardi Show on Altitude 950-953. Scott Hastings, Julie Brown is coming up at 10 o'clock. James, it's been a fun morning. Your roller coaster has continued. The donut drama lives on. It does. We continue to hear about it. Uh, Apparently, when Marty was going around the office trying to find out what happened, it went well until he brought up my name. Mm. And then things just unraveled. All right. That's discouraging. Uh, hey, the Orange and Blue Preview presented by Morningstar Assisted Living and Memory Care at Jordan. Casting a new light is the best way to get ready for kickoff. Join the Altitude 950 crew live at Fieldhouse Event Venue two hours before every home game. It's located at 16th and Federal. Fieldhouse Event Venue is the room with a view overlooking the stadium. It's gorgeous, great venue. And this Sunday, October 1st, at noon before Denver takes on Oakland, stop by for the best pregame party. Talk football with the Altitude 950 team win prizes, and more. It's the Orange and Blue Preview presented by Morningstar Assisted Living and Memory Care at Jordan. Ryan will probably be out there with the Super Bowl 50 ring. If you're nice, he'll let you take a picture. All right, we close every Friday with it, our meanest texts of the week. Were you mean enough to make the cut? Terrible texts. All right, we'll move through these fairly quickly. 6751 on Tuesday morning says... Did Manchester just complain about hyperbole guy? Hello, pot. Incidentally, I to- otherwise totally agree with him. That's from Greg in the Highlands Ranch. But you did complain about hyperbole guy. Who was hyperbole guy? I remember saying that, but I don't remember what I was talking about. But I've, obviously, according to the text, I was on the money. So we'll just go with that. Um, party with Martin getting involved. This is Tuesday morning at 9-12. In the mean text? Yeah, I ran it by him. Be careful, guys. Marty's fiance won't let him come back on the show if you keep talking about hot chicks. What hot chick were we talking about? It was Vic's words, not ours. I believe it was a star of the WNBA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Because that was when Marty wanted our hot take on Sparks Links. Right. Who won that game? Do we Do we ever find out who won that not game? Not sure. It's tied up 1-1. We got game three tonight. Is that is it a three-game set? I believe it's five. Well, where's tonight's game? Um, Minnesota? I'm going to keep asking questions so you don't get it right. Uh, let's, let's move on. Here. <laughs> uh, this was Tuesday at 9.30. Tuesdays with Leggy is the best segment on radio in the history of Denver sports talk. Well, that started off well. Listening to James get all huffy and puffy as Leggy drops counterpoint on top of counterpoint and then laughs at James's retort is absolutely brilliant. That was I, Tim from Applewood. I can't wait till Legwald actually argues the point. That'll, that'll be a first. Uh, when Manchester resorts to shouting at everyone, his voice morphs into nothing more than fingernails on a chalkboard. That's really nice. <laughs> Are these supposed to be mean? Yeah, no, that's 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 totally fine. All right. Uh, FedEx Tom says HW is rubbing off on Manchester. Manchester just said randos. <laughs> I did pick that up from you, and it's one of my favorite HW. Terms randos is great. I have uh, I have adopted that, and I admit where I got it from. I got it from you. Uh, this is totally out of left field. This was on uh, Wednesday morning at eight. This is totally out of left field. But is it just me, or does H W look like the long lost love child of Mosier and a redheaded woman? <laughs> <laughs> the redheaded woman part of it I get, but the Mosier part of it I don't get at all. I don't see it either. Uh, this was Thursday morning at eight oh six. L O L at Manchester. He bank- blanks. He whines about excuse making, then claims last weekend was a wild week because his theory doesn't hold. Comical. 
Okay. But again, as I kept telling Vic during that segment, pick any week last year. Pick any week. And we'll go through and see if my theory holds. By the way, last Vic pointed out during that segment, seven times the team without the better quarterback won this week. There were 16 games. So you know how many times it held true? Nine. Nine and seven is a winning record. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Lombardi. Sounds like a Simeon kind of yeah, record. Yeah, exactly. It's still a win. Uh, let's see here. Weird Manchester gives the Raiders an edge because he has an, inge- an agenda to prove until Trevor is deep in his grave. You're a bad fan, Manchester. I'm a bad fan because I want the Broncos to get out of this interminable path to nowhere. Okay. You're going to thank me at some point that they didn't burn four years on this guy. That was 2118. Uh, we'll close with this. Marty, I hope you're okay with this. 3981. Marty sounds like he's half asleep. His downer of a segment should be called, Apparently It's the End of the Party. Thanks a lot, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Marty, Uh, any reaction? I'm just sorry I ruined that guy's day. I apologize. Uh, There was one where the party with Marty kind of sounded like you were the first guy at the party. (laughs) You know, and it's still kind of lame at that point. Apparently it's the end of the party. This kid's worked here two weeks and the textures are already being mean. Or it's like really late in the party and it's like you and the rando. That's what's left. So you're you're fine, Marty. Don't worry about it. All right. Keep them coming. You can be as mean as you want to us. We can handle it. Thick skin. Uh, We do love you guys on the Marine Pro Partners. Text line 30933. All right. Quickly, before we get out of here, we do it every day at the end of the show. Here is our Fired Up Finale. This is the Fired Up Finale. The Troy Hansford Real Estate Team. Here's what's got us fired up today. He's been fired up. Powdered sugar cream filled that has been cut in half, and then one of the halves has been rehabbed. So you have a half and you have a quarter just kind of floating in here. You have a half of another cream filled with chocolate on top that is sitting cream side down, so it looks like it was picked out of the trash can yeah. and put in here. And then you have a random plastic fork and plastic knife. So you're not going to touch any of these, are you? There's nothing in here I want to eat. Are you that hungry, though, that you may no. dive in? I am more mad now than I was when I thought somebody ate them all. Well, and the note says, James, bleep, bleep. I mean, it wasn't a very friendly note that they wrote on the box either. It's no. almost like they cut them up and left you the crappiest donut because they heard you in the hallways, which I suspected they may, complaining about the donut situation. I would have to be the dumbest, most gullible person in the office to eat these donuts. Still upset about donuts. I thought I got more fired up than that, but we'll count that. You still win. I know, but I'd, I'd like to be a little more impressive in victory. Yeah, that was that was uh, about segment three of yeah, donuts. Early, the first donut segment, I was I was. Ticked. Oh my gosh, this eight o'clock donut. Julie Brownman just walked into the studio. Don't what? promise him breakfast donuts By and the then fail on donuts. Yeah, I give her, her crap of, every day. Her bottle of I don't know what in the world this is. What is that? It's supposed to give me energy, but everybody thinks it looks like a certain kind of sample. This is her her <laughs> bottle that she brought in, and it looks like some man who's been stranded in the woods for three days was just asked to urinate in a cup. <laughs> Gives me energy every day, whatever it is. little dehydrated there, Jules. <laughs> a little bit. That is disgusting. <laughs> Julie's drinking apple juice. It's Hastings and Julie next. Altitude Sports Radio, AM 950.